Welcome back to the Akatak Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the astronaut scratching his head, wondering what he's forgotten, Jay. And joined as always is my co-host, the airlock counting down, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing quite all right. That's fun. Get to die out in space from that one. I guess, yeah. So I forgot I forgot my helmet. That's what I'm getting at there. You know, space not as deadly as you think. Even hard vacuum, not as bad. I love a hard vacuum system. Like it's like literally though, you know this? Are you aware of this? Have you ever heard this? Yes, you know Hot space. It's good job, by the way. It's good. I like that. I love doing J Leno. No, the hard vacuum system, I guess. Oh, thank you. Oh fuck me ass. What, hell, what is it? First day? Why are you struggling so hard with this can of soda? Why did you do all that on the hair? I don't know, because I it's late. <laughs> rushed. And I've stained my shirt. My King Good and the Lizard Wizard shirt. I was gonna say is that hard vacuum is not as bad as you might. They they like the based I don't think we ever tested this. It? But like you can survive in hard vacuum not without lasting even effects, right? Not even just like you survive, but you're like for like I think almost a minute. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a lot, right? Because I feel like for the longest time I I was like had this conception that you kind of exploded like instantly. You die in space, you die in real like, life. T- well, you, of course, but you touch it and she's like, oh, you can't even, <laughs> right? But it's oh, like, yeah. no, it's yeah, it's for, but like the it's still like a, a physical thing that sh- should happen. What? Just talking to it more. How could that pop in the center? Did I even snap? No, I snap before. And I gotta cut out these snaps. But yeah, because there's that one episode of um, Star Wars Rebels where Thor, uh, uh, Kanan gets ejected into space. Is, is extravehicular for a minute. And everyone was like, what? And they had to do it on the Rebels Recon. They had to be like, no, we, we did the math. You can live. You can you can live that. As also, I know there's a comic where they put Batman into space for a couple seconds to see yeah. how he can handle He's like, yeah, sure. oh my god, I, uh, I'm Batman. It's really terrible, but it's like... Oh yeah, you're like... Apparently the thing is you would want you would want to make sure there's no air in your lungs. Because it, like, it, be it expands outward. Yeah, so it's not like... It's not take a deep breath, it's get it Blow all out. out. But you can still, you can do it. You can manage. You can do it. At least and, we, and if we get a, a thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel, we'll do it. We'll go to space. space. I don't know if that's sufficient, but two thousand. See, but by the time, see what it is. It's a two. It's two. It's two prong. Yeah, because we'll get the 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 like incredibly modest income that two. What did you say? A thousand two, YouTube uh, subscribers would provide. Thousand, two thousand, maybe. An incredibly modest sum. <laughs> but b- the thing is, it will take so long that by then space travel will be. It'll be chump change. It'll like be in the creator where they just fly to the moon on a bus, shuttle. Bus fare. Yeah. Take a greyhound to the moon. And so we'll record from space. You know, like on our deathbeds, presumably. It's- no, no, we'll have extended our lives so we can keep working. Okay. So we'll never die. Well, I guess if we have that, it might be the type of thing where it's like, oh, look, it's the future. No one dies anymore kind of thing. And you, you work you forever. Know they say that like, yeah, and you work, you, get to, you labor forever. Woo. Because they say that like the first person to be 120 has probably been born or something or whatever they say. They always say that. Probably more than that because there's already people who are 20, probably like 150 or something. Yeah, 200, 1,000. I've heard it's 1,000. The person who lived to be 1,000 has been already been born. So that's just, I mean, that's practically infinite, right? Yeah. <laughs> At that point. Living a thousand years? Who gives a shit? If you can be live to be a thousand, then who knows what they're going to have a thousand years from now to make sure you live even long. So you, you, at that you point, become you, must, you may as well just say, yeah. You may as well just say, we've, we're going to... That's That seems ambitious. And it's me. That's some Age of Legends type shit, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. Where it's like we've we somehow perfected... Because like, I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of the human body at this point. Oh, yeah. We really got to start getting into some crazy shit at... at where we're at now to be like we gotta start extending s- lifespans. We got to start cyberpunking motherfuckers, right? You know, forty k I mean? kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. Or discover because we're pretty good. Right. We're pretty good. We, we, modern medicine has a lot going for it. So to, yeah, to just be like, 
we're gonna triple, quadruple so human they, lifespans. It's that telomeres. There's because exactly there's like a hard limit on that like b- built in. Yeah, Once there's not tone. much more we can do. We do a lot of stuff to prolong our lives, but you gotta start fucking with it. Yeah, you're hitting hard limits. Oh yeah. So at that point, if you can live to be 300, why couldn't you just live, live to be a thousand? You've, you've you've cracked some kind of code there, or live so long that you like lose consciousness because the weight of your own mind has destroyed you. Yeah, like in Stonelight. Or the Eternals. Lots of stuff, really. Lots of stuff. You get yeah, we get mad weary. See, but they're not even humans, they don't count. That's Eternals true. are robots. They are robots. <laughs> Forgot that. Forgot that movie. <laughs> the only thing I remember no, about but they get mad weary in the comics. Okay. Well thank you. And they're they're they are living beings there at least, so the only thing I remember about that movie is not Harry Styles appearing at the end and then credits and us getting him to leave and yeah, that I family know, behind us saying, Check, I know. I'm just saying for the podcast. <laughs> you bring it up so much. Yeah, because it's continuity. It's a callback. It's, DC's better. It's, I, it's a great It's a great moment. <laughs> One of the best. It, that, was in, that was in the peak era of... Uh, theater theatrics where we had one every single fucking time even when we didn't see a movie together we'd either one of us would have one or we'd have both have one separately oh yeah lately i feel like a lot of the movies we've been seeing are just not busy and so uh, there's not a lot of yeah, crowds are really going out for dumb money we might get to some though but end of this year beginning of next year now that they've pushed dune away those bastards Cash probably when we go wood. see aquaman 2 there'll be some shenanigans oh i can't wait it's gonna be you screaming <laughs> you're gonna hate them i hate it maybe it'll be my favorite movie <laughs> ever I can't wait to like this movie more than I like Shazam. We're gonna go see like Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes or something, and there's gonna be some like millennial, like real big Hunger Games fans there, and we're gonna have to fight them. Just cause? Yeah, probably. <laughs> cause we're Team Peta, and they're te- Team Gale, of course. Team Pe- Peta's the best one. Yeah, yeah, obviously, for so many obvious reasons. We don't need to get into that. We're, we've gone way off track. We've done six minutes of rambling. Can you believe it? But Peta was the only choice. And thinking anything otherwise is to Gale's a little bitch. Listen. I don't know if like Suzanne Collins is like a literary like mastermind or anything. I know, but those she ain't. books have more. I think they have a little more depth. To it. It's again, it's like um, I say this all the time. You know that uh, that meme that I love where it's the it's the bell curve thing. So yeah. it's like on the one end of the bell curve, it's like ooh, the Hunger Games are good, and then in the middle, it's like ooh, the Hunger Games are dog shit, the young adult, blah, blah. and then on the other end, you're like the Hunger Games, games are, are good. good. They're good. There's some ideas there, okay? Some, and I emphasize some. And that's one of them, that, like, for Katniss to end up with her life partner being the cool soldier one is, like, antithetical to the whole thing. Yeah, because had... why would she want the cool soldier one to be her life, her husband? She wants war. He wants nice bread boy. Nice, simple bread man who's just, like, Who's so lion. good at decorating cakes, he so, can camouflage himself well, into the not, mud. We don't even worry about that. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> actual topic let's, of the show, Let's maybe. get to it. We'll get finally. to it. As of recording... Came out almost two months ago, but we got to it, finally. Live action, one piece. It's here. We've done it. We've got to my Star Wars. Finally in the show, we can talk about something that I care about. Not Westworld, not fucking Mandalorian season three, which sucks. None of this. <laughs> Listen, something... you were on, you were, you were Mandalorian guy before the third season, okay? I was. That's I, not, don't put that on me. I won't put it on you. Yeah, that's unfair. I'll put it on, I'll put it on fucking Dave Filoni and John Farrell for writing bad television. Sure. We're back, we're on One Piece. It's your Oda's magnum opus. Frankly, his only opus. I was going to say, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's his only opus. Can it be your magnum opus if it's the only thing you've done? Well, it's your life. It's literally your life's work. Is the only thing you write. True. You can count, true, actually. Yeah. You can count as one shots, but those are hardly. Those are the prototypes to One Piece. But it's a One Piece live action. We've done it. We watched the first four because it's a lot to get through. So we'll just put it up. Um, so I've never and seen one. Did, and they do the binge thing, which means you can't yeah, cover you can't. week to week. There's just no fun there. Which is why it took us so long because we we're like, well, it's already out. We can kind of. It's that's how I feel. This. We talked about it before, but that's why I really do enjoy the week to week process otherwise because otherwise it's like this where it's just like do it why do i even care it's yeah. all out it's already done practically right 
And it's, it's like everyone else has already seen the whole thing, and there's nothing to even look forward to. So. And even even from that, like from a peer review standpoint, we do multiple t- segments per episode. Mm-hmm. So like, if we spend an hour doing eight episodes, I feel like we don't we we cut it's we don't get into enough nitty gritty that yeah, we would yeah. get into like even we do three at once, yeah, or four at once. So the first half of the show, of course, I've read One Piece, I've seen One Piece, I love it. It's like my favorite thing. Zach's never seen any of it because he hates everything that I like. Um, in I perpetuity. don't think that's a fair uh, characterization of our dynamic. Too late. I think anyone who's ever listened to this show <laughs> would, wouldn't, wouldn't say Zach hates the things that Jack likes, but well, sure. Of the things that <laughs> Jack likes that Zach doesn't like, he's very mean to Jack about them, makes fun of him forever about like, them. What? One Piece. <laughs> I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm very mean about no, One no, Piece. No, no, I'm, I'm just giving him guff. I don't even know if I would say I hate it. I just have no, haven't brought myself to read it yet. So The only thing I wanted to say, because I knew you were going to say that the, it's your one. It's your Star Wars line because that's the line you always use. That's it's the closest equivalent I've got. I feel like it's not a good a, a good analogy for for all that. I get what you mean. It's only your Star Wars in the sense that you love it like I love Star Wars. But yeah, it's not a it's not very similar to Star Wars as a property. Right? No, no, because it's it's it, from the fierce sense that Star Wars written by a bunch of different people. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of different things together. Things together. It's it's a it's almost like a setting as much as it's anything. Else. Yeah. Whereas like one a piece is just one. Yeah, exactly. Whereas so, one piece is just one, one dude, guy. Right? So uh, what do you, so what do you love about One Piece, Jack? What is your what is your thing? Like why? Is, what do I love about One Piece? Yeah, kind of everything. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> but I'll, but I'll I'll narrow it down. If I were to pick things I like the most, I would say I like the characters. I like the Devil Fruit power system, and I like the um. Oop, I had a third thing, but I said Devil Fruit second because I want to get ahead. Setting, I like like the islands and stuff. Yeah. So those those like. if I were to pick three main things, I like the most. That's what I would like. I don't well, even so, think you know, I could change it, but we'll stick with those for the sake of argument. As the authority here, how, how have you found the live-action adaptation thus far? I've enjoyed it. I, I think it's been pretty faithful. Um, they've changed a good bit, like, plot-wise, but I think I don't mind it too much. I, that definitely is due to the fact that this is live-action. They don't have infinite budget and infinite time. It's mm-hmm. like how in Game of Thrones, when Ro- King Robert is killed in that hunt, it's him and his brother and one other dude. Like, it's, like, a five dudes, and George Martin has said, like, well, it would have been, it should be, like, a hundred people all together. Like, it should be a yeah. big ordeal. Like the one we see in uh, House of the Dragon. Yeah, exactly. But, obviously, early Game of Thrones, uh, like, budget constraints. And that's a lot of it here. Um, a lot of things don't trans- would translate super well based on, it's a manga written in the 90s in Japan. The stuff, at least, the stu- especially the stuff they're covering, the East Blue. Um, so to translate into a Netflix original series in 2023, you got to change a lot. And I've heard the showrunner talk about this. Um, so I thought it was pretty faithful to the characters and like the feel of the world enough that like it gets it gets one enough of one piece across without being like here are all the exact details that happened in the manga verbatim. Okay, but overall, so good adaptation. I'd say good. That's cool. So well, we start with Luffy. 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 Ooh. How do how am I supposed to say? Out of the gate, Luffy. Luffy. I was having to do it. Yeah. They say you know he says his name in this. Yeah, I know. He says they say his name a lot. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's like his catchphrase. Yeah, but so well, we start with Gold Roger. Well, technically, yeah. So I'm aware. I was aware of Gold Roger. I knew his whole thing. Shout out Gold probably Roger. Could, probably from you mostly. Yeah, he's like the most stereotypical pirate of them all, kind of. Right? He's a yeah. He's, he, like, he's like the archetype. Yeah, he's he's the he's the king of the pirates. The whole series starts with his execution, and he's he found the One Piece, the greatest treasure. All the the famous line from the beginning of the manga, the anime. Well, fame, power. Gold Roger found this and all things in the world, and he put it in one place. And he, and he, on his, in his dying breath, 
He's like, if you want my treasure, you can go get it. You have to go. You'll find it all in one piece. In one piece. Like he didn't split it up at all. Yeah, yeah. It's all together. Uh, and then he's killed, and then that starts the great age of pirates. Um, so the whole point is that the government doesn't like this because the whole point of killing Gold Roger is that they catch the best pirate and they quell piracy. Uh-huh. But the reverse happens. He actually makes more pirates. Now, So this brings up a couple things I want yeah. to get right in here world building wise. One of which is that this establishes, in this very opening scene here, establishes that there's a world government. Yes. Which I found interesting because, well, that's uncommon for a setting like this, right? Mm-hmm. I think the the idea of a world government is like a sci-fi thing usually, yeah, right? Yeah. A future, like... Futuristic kind of thing. Whereas this is a, seems, from what I've seen thus far, does largely seem constrained to... Old-timey ships. Yeah, to a to an age of sail type setting, um, which actually is something I didn't really... I guess no about One Piece. Like I knew it was pirates. I knew that was like the premise and all. Mm-hmm. But I guess I didn't know it was literally like there was going to be so much of like flintlocks and cannonballs Can. and shit. Oh, yeah. I love that. I, I, you know I fuck with that. You know I love me some pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, I should have just told you they were real pirates. You've been like on board. Because well, I, well, the I know there is so much like fantastical. Yeah, stuff. and 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 like one of the, the I mean the <laughs> none of the actual main characters have like. Pistols or swords, really? Well, he has swords, but he's like samurai swords. Yeah, he's he doesn't good, have he's a katanas, yeah. So cutlasses. I guess that's why it's like you, when you never see Luffy running around with a fucking you know blunderbuss. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what, what is what's the what's the logic there? Why do they have a how do they have a world government? So unless that's some kind of spoiler. Um, or... it's not really a spoiler. Well, so they should have a world government. Um, just because all the kingdoms got together and decided there should be a world government. So, so there's like told... it's like a big alliance of all the kingdoms. Of the world, because you've told me I I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I think you I've only known this from you is that like the world is the way it is because of like something that happened in the past, like some kind of apocalypse or, uh, or is that a theory? So yeah, it's it's not. So there's a thing in One Piece called the Void Century. So there's a period of time between 900 and 800 years ago uh, from the point the story begins, mm-hmm. where there is no record of it. There's there's records before and records after, but there's no there's, there's a blank. It's the blank century, the void century. And we don't know what happens. We know that after it is the world government is formed. That's the start of the world government after this blank history. Mm-hmm. So throughout the story, we get hints of what might have happened sprinkled throughout. Obviously, at this point, we don't know anything about any yeah. of that. But yeah, so something happened at some point, and then the world government is formed. And they don't. the world government does not want anyone to know what happens in the void century, to the point where like, if you research it, they will eradicate you. Mm-hmm. So it's implied that there was a war. We don't know for sure, but it's, the basic idea is that there was a war between the people that, the people that are, become the world government and some other group, and something happens that they don't want anyone to know about, and then they come to power. And so the b- setting here, which I guess we could address later, when they get more into the maps, but whatever. There's, there's like more. It's even more water, right? Oh yeah, it's, it's like we're seventy percent water. They're like ninety five percent water. Yeah, okay. like there are no continents, just little islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much smaller like land masses. Okay, and then yeah, some some other specific stuff we'll get into. But um, oh, and then the other the other thing I want to talk is like just this very opening scene um sets the tone as for what kind of piracy this is, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like this is very much the uh pop culture, you know. The Yassified version of piracy, yeah. right? Like the like the Pirates of the Caribbean thing, where it's like it's because we want to be free and we want tra- we want the adventure, adventure, and- not like we actually do just like Killing steal people. and murder because we don't want to make an honest living, right? Like they're just they're you know they're no yeah. different. Pirates should not be thought of any differently than like a bank robber. Although I mean we we uh, 
we romanticize them plenty enough as is, don't we? Yeah. So it's not really an unheard of thing. I guess we've been doing this for all of history, right? We love those bad guys. Bandits, we love our baddies. Whether it's like a forced, a, a green clad forest bandit or like a fucking bank robber or a, or a pirate, I guess. They've always been romanticized, even at the time. Like It's not like even during the golden age of piracy in the real world, they, people were like, pirates kind of cool. As they were like raping and pillaging and doing yeah. actual murder. The town would be like, these guys are sick. People would still kind of be like, kind of cool though. Um, but it seems like, even just from these first four episodes, uh, a big theme of it is going to be that Luffy embodies, uh, Luffy and the, and the Straw Hats embody that kind of like, we're just doing it for fun. Like, we're pirates who never actually seem to ever do Pirates-y. piracy. Do yeah. they ever do any piracy? Not really. Of, to speak of at all. They're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. And then they encounter throughout their travels all these other pirates who are actual pirates doing piratey things. Piratey things. And they, um, Stop them because they're good guys, kind of thing. So yeah, I just think that's interesting. Luffy mentioned several times in these first episodes that he's a different kind of pirate. Yeah, he doesn't say that in the manga. It's just kind of shown. So I oh, he doesn't. No, he'd never because he said yeah. It's like a repeated mantra he has here. Yeah. Uh, so we start with Luffy talking to the news coup, which are the birds that deliver the news to everyone. It's cool. And you pay them, and then they give the newspaper. Newspapers are pretty important thing in One Piece, um, because they give the news. That's where Mm -hmm. all that's where you get your bounties and stuff. And be- it, obviously, at this point, that stuff hasn't been developed, but it becomes a bigger thing. Mm. Uh, and he says, like, oh, I, just, I need to get a crew. He's in this little dinghy that's sinking. And he says, ten men will do, which is, which he has, now he only has nine men, actually. It's not a, he's not, he hasn't, he's yet to reach his ten, as he said. A, th- a thousand plus chapters in. Oh, it's great stuff. Uh, yeah, so then we get, he got, climbed into a barrel, which he does, and to escape a sinking ship. In the manga, he, it's a whirlpool, but it's the same thing. Uh, and then we cut to, we see the pirate captain, Alvida, the Alvida pirates, they take a ship and they're, I mean, this is very, pi- this is oh, just yeah. piracy, right? They, yeah, they sink a ship and take all the cargo and they take the crew hostage. Bludgeon a man to death. That's, this is classics pirate stuff. This is a real actual, like, we're bad guys. We're bad guys. We, we got, got Kobe, we... Cody? What's Kobe. What's his name? Kobe. Kobe. Who works as a cabin boy of some kind mm-hmm. against his will. Little bitch boy. Yep. Uh, and then Luffy's there, and hey, he, like, beats her up. And we see that he's got the stretchy powers because of uh, the demon fruit. That devil he ate, fruit. The devil fruit, whatever. And he ate it. Did we get that? He pops out of the barrel. Did we see that before the flashback? Cause, so this whole se- season, um, flashbacks, he's... he's uh, Use the D-pad. <laughs> yeah. Scattered with flashbacks to when he was a kid, and he wanted to be a pirate. Um, is that how it's presented in the manga? In the manga, the hit, no, the first chapter is just his flashback. Oh, okay. So the whole f- in the in the anime, it starts similarly, where he pops out of the barrel first with Kobe, and then we get a cutback to his flashback. But in the manga, it's just this whole story of him with Shanks and win in win in Windmill Village, I believe is the name of the village that he lives in. Doesn't really something matter. like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's that first, and then the next chapter is with Kobe. So it's I mean okay. it's, they're they're right next to each other, so it's really interchangeable. So how he ate the fruit and everything is it? Yeah. Does it go all the way up to like Shanks getting uh? Is that a dragon that they encounter? Uh, it's a technically it's a sea king. Okay, but is that all? Yeah, that's all in there. Oh, okay, cool. yeah. In in the manga, they're not in a boat when it happens; they're just in the water. But six to one, half a dozen to the other. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Luffy tries to stab his eye out when he's a kid to prove that he's a great pirate to his mentor Shanks. Uh, Shanks is a pretty important character. He's the one. He's a good pirate. Yeah, he who, seems pretty cool so far. Who shows Luffy like he's the reason Luffy is a good pirate because he's like this is what pirates can be, and this is the person he looks to. Um. This whole crew is pretty sick. Uh, yeah, then we get our introduction to, after Luffy beats up Elvita, 
to Zoro. Now this isn't this is new. This doesn't happen in the manga. Mm-hmm. This event is referenced oh, yeah. by Oda later on, but this event is totally like we can we can introduce Zoro earlier, and this event is technically canon. It's just never shown. His uh, attempt to recruit him by the Baroque works. Yeah, Baroque works. They are an organization that will appear next season because they're the first like main antagonist organization. Well, pirate antagonist organization. Um, and they're approached by Mister Seven, who is a member of this mysterious Baroque works group. Who Vice Admiral Garp will bring up later in the season. I think episodes will cover. Uh, so Zoro is uh, this green-haired dude who's lighting incense. And uh, he's got three swords on his belt. Why does he have three? Ooh, wow, what's going on there? And uh, they fight, and he cuts the guy up into literal pieces and carries him in a little sack. And he is the and he's a bounty hunter, I forgot. Right now, he's bounty hunting. Mm-hmm. That's Zoro's whole thing at the beginning. What do you think of Zoro? He's pretty cool. Um, he's pretty cool. I was going to say about all the characters <clears throat> and the whole, like, I guess the writing is like the character writing and the plot stuff thus far. Mm-hmm. I think it's all just kind of like, I, I, I don't want to be mean. Because I know you love it and all, but I I feel like so far it's just it's pretty like standard stuff. Like I feel like the characters are a little like in the end the characters and the plots are a little tropey and stuff at times. Like mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything like really jumping out at me. Like he's cool and all, Zoro is, but he's also cool in a way where it's literally. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah he's the cool one. You know what I mean? Like no, he's not, yeah. no, that's I I definitely think so, and I think that's that's just kind of how early One Piece is. Okay, that's kind of what I figure. I mean, yeah, yeah. I figure that you gotta establish them as these kind of like archetypical roles and like yeah he's the cool one and then of course you flesh them out i'm sure as you go along and they get more depth but yeah i was like he's cool but also he's he's cool and he's written in a way where it's very ham it's not very subtle that look he's the cool badass swordsman swordsman yeah one, yeah right he's, he's the, the samurai he's the ronin and it's like yeah i get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? no for sure again it's not bad i don't even hate him but i'm just like yeah it's he's what it is and, and luffy's the same way like he's he's like cool and he's a nice guy and just all that and it's like yeah He's just fine, and, and again, the, I think most of the situations they're in, um, at least thus far, are not super like Testing. involved, intricate, like plot wise. It's just I don't know. This show so far for me, it's just it's just kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we we, we talk about that kind of con- that uh concept. Yeah. That uh, I don't know. I was going for there, but that point of view with a lot of the shows we talk about, where people are like, well, or shows and our movies, just lots of stuff where it's like, well, I think it's just fun, and that's so you can't even really criticize it. And I'm, I guess if I have any consistency in in this argument, which maybe I don't, I don't. We heart, we barely do. We rarely do. It's I guess it would be that like I really do feel like there's a difference with intent, right? Mm-hmm. Where like with some like say the Mandalorian season three, that's one where I am inundated because of the you know the online communities I choose to associate with. I'm in, inundated with constantly with like actually I think the Mandalorian season three was good, and you guys are just uh, haters. Actually, I think have you guys considered? Have has is am I the only one on uh, who, who actually liked the Mandalorian season three? Not only Jack, are they not the only one? They're not the only one who's asked on Reddit in the past tw- twenty minutes, <laughs> twenty seconds. Like is it's like the, one of the only things that seems to get traction on that subreddit and then makes it to my actual like page. Is someone be like, actually, uh, did anyone else actually like the Book of Boba Fett? Uh, I just uh, you guys are all critical, and I just kind of liked it. I just kind of like didn't think about it. It's like yeah. I think the difference with shows like that, perhaps, again, if I have any consistencies, I you can tell when something's making a swing and a miss kind of thing. Yeah, you can tell when they're going for something and they fail terribly. And they fall as opposed to it, right. The whole point is that this is fun. Yeah, like, I we're trying to be goofy, and so that's how I felt with this one. Yeah, um, he's literally he literally is made of rubber. That's yeah. That, I mean, that's the reason 
he's made of rubber. Oda has said like the in the in the volumes. We'll, we'll get a little, I'll get a little into this to explain this. This is like a question corner and a bunch of other manga manga uh, have these in their in the collection of volumes, little chapters. Okay. Yeah. And one of them asked like, "Oh, why does Luffy have rubber?" Because usually well, they even anime, have those in the back of comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The letter section. Uh, because most shonen protagonists, is those who like anime will know, is that they usually have the strongest or one of the strongest powers in the show. Like that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, if I wrote a manga like that, I wouldn't want to because it's too serious." But if Luffy's rubber, no matter how serious it gets, he's just still doing goofy shit. He's making himself expand. He's his arm is really long. His face can stretch out. Like he mm-hmm. can make it. Oda can still make his manga fun, which yeah. is why I gave him this like kind of stupid power. That's fun. Yeah, I like that. Good time. So yeah, I, I definitely get that sense from this show where it's just like yeah, again, nothing about like the I, the acting is good in the sense that it like I do feel like they do a good job embodying these characters. And from what little I know of. Uh, Luffy, I I know a lot of people are really positive on this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I get the sense too, where I'm like, yeah, he seems to do the job pretty well. Again, I don't know him well enough to say one or the other, but I know a lot of people are like really happy with this casting, right? I mean, so much so that when Oda has said that when he saw his audition tape, he was like, "That's Luffy." Yeah, okay. I'm cool. like, I mean, if the guy said that, yeah. you're, I mean, if the guy who made him was like, I think you're the guy I wrote. Yeah, there you go. Can't really get much better than that. Um, so again, it's not even that the acting's bad. It's just like I don't think it's. I guess it's not. It hasn't demanded much of anyone yet, right? Mm-hmm. Again, they're kind of filling their roles, and they're just doing it good. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, also, we could probably speed this along a bit here, right? So, just a little bit, yeah. Also, in the first episode, we get introduced to N- Nami? Nami? Nami. 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 Um, who's Look at him. one of our other main... Uh, Straw Hats. Straw Hats, definitely one of the first crew members here in the show, who her backstory is that she's some kind of thief we get. So far, yes. Yeah, so, so far we there's uh, seemingly uh, some some wrinkles to her character yet that we haven't fully sussed out here. But yeah, she's mm. like a thief and also a navigator and stuff. And they all get um, all their plot lines kind of converge on this base, this marine base, right, where they have a uh, a map to the Grand Line, and they all want it, and they all kind of steal it together, right, and mm. beat up a. Uh, Bunch of Marines. The bunch of Marines, including the Axan McGee here. Axan Morgan. So close. And his shithead son, Helmet. I was well. just I was just being goofy. I didn't even I <laughs> forgot that they, that was actually kinda close. Yeah. Uh yeah, they have a we have a sword fight and um all that and Luffy gets to show more of his stretchy powers. He does more stretchy powers and she fights with a stick and um Zoro did the thing I've, I had been dreading the whole time. He does the three sword style. He puts a sword in his mouth and he uses three swords. I just and so maybe this from from what you just said about the stretchy Luffy thing and and his whole philosophy on that I think maybe I I understand this better but come on you don't like the three sword it is style goofy. do you I mean listen and again again what you just said makes a lot of sense to me now and maybe I can looking through it through that lens I can come to appreciate it more mm-hmm. but it's fucking stupid right like it is just absurd like do you, do you actually think this is cool or you just think I, it's like kind of fun I think I don't think I can. I don't think I can non-biasedly answer that question. <laughs> okay. Because I think it's cool because I think One Piece is cool. Right. And One Piece has got a lot of stupid shit in it that I'm like, well, that's just fun in One That's just cool in One Piece. Yeah. But I could definitely, I can, I would never fault, I don't fault you for being like, he's got a sword in his teeth? That's stupid. Because I knew he did this. I have yeah. I've known this about him. Also, did he turn the sword around? How could he possibly have well, done yeah, that? He just got a, just got a little, <laughs> yeah, he turned the sword around. He just, it's all right. Listen, as a person who has a mouth, um... <laughs> And who's held objects uh, like approximating and and sometimes even including an actual sword. 
I know you can't really hold that in your mouth. Apparently, it does hurt. It's canonical. Of course, it would hurt. No, okay. canonically, so they're him. like, "Is it too strong?" Goes, "No, it hurts." Okay, how has he not ripped them all out yet? Does he ever actually have to like block or? Because I don't think we've seen that yet. But if he ever had to make contact with anything in a sword fight with the one in his mouth, it would it would just frankly it would just knock out. It wouldn't even be a thing. It wouldn't even be like a, oh fuck my teeth. It would just be like and then the sword's out of my mouth. Well, he, ne- he never just uses the one in his mouth. Right, right. He always uses it in combination with the two in his hand. So right, whenever right. he blocks, it's the two and then the one behind. What's it, it doing? What's it supposed to even be it's doing? Just, other than getting sword. other than getting in his way. Because you can't sw- again as a person who has like a head and weight, like there's no there's no finesse to that. But whatever. So he's a sword guy, and he's and he has three swords because one goes in his mouth. Because one goes a, in it's his a running, mouth. And it's a running gag. The first episode where it's like, where's the third sword go? Ooh. He's like, oh, that's where the third sword goes. Luffy does his, his signature attack. He's like, oh, cool guys say their attack at the end. No, they don't. Which is so I I like that even because I don't know if that's from the any of the source material as well but i was like oh okay they're kind of hanging a lampshade on this right mm-hmm. to be like luffy's doing this look at it, it's silly it's goofy yeah even in universe we acknowledge that it's stupid to do that but then he just continues to do it for the rest of the show so yeah. i don't know how to really take that well maybe well because he's i mean that's, that's part of luffy he's got to yell his attack well exactly and, and i said this to you off off show as i was watching this i was like i do feel like i can see some of the influence bleeding through and i and i don't even hate it as someone who's not a massive fan of of any of that really mm-hmm even I'm like, that's eh, fun. Whatever, do the do the stuff. Like, there's definitely p- parts I feel where it it comes through, right? Yeah. Where he'll do like a big yell just out of nowhere. I was like, that feels like it's from an anime, right? You just do a big, just shout real loud, and you're like, yeah. And it, and the whole thing pans like pulls back, so it's just him like yelling into the void, like big, you know, big, very dramatic poses and movements at times. But then also, it's not fully on there, right? Because they are real actors doing real stuff. And I and I feel like I like that balance perhaps more than. You know, watching actual anime and stuff sometimes because it can be a bit. It can be a bit much. It can be a bit much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the episode one ends with Kobe and Luffy going their separate ways because Kobe's dream is being a marine and helping people. Yeah. So I was reading that uh, he doesn't actually appear. Oh no! Again, like for a long, long time, right? No, he doesn't. He appears in the cover stories, which is where the covers of chapters. Oda will okay. have a little one scene. He'll like have a series, so it'll be like, ah. here's what Kobe's doing, and it'll it'll what Kobe and Hanap will do in the show. I love the Denden. You like the Denden Mushi? I kind of. So yeah, what's the deal with these snail? Th- uh, they're just snail phones. Okay. And it's a pun in Japanese because like, oh, it's okay. phone and snail. I think are the same lettering. So it's sure. like, and it's they never explain it. There's okay, okay. There's just never all the cameras on. and video, like all the things that cameras do in our world. Yeah. They're just snails. Okay, so it's not. It is not elaborated on even. No, okay, it's just cool. it's just a fun little quirk of One Piece. There's also I don't know if they did a lot of this, but like people have customized. Denden Mushi. So, like, if someone had, if I had a snail, he'd have mm-hmm. a lot of curly hair because be, that'd be Jack. Sure. Snail. Okay. And you'd have one with like Star Wars on it or something. Very nice. Um, so it's like the prologues to like Stormlight books or not Stormlight books, Wheel of Time books, kinda. where it's like we only touch in with this. Oh character yeah, yeah, once 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 a, a book. Yeah, pretty much. So it'll be a little series to show little their storyline with Garp is okay. a little thing, uh, and then he doesn't show up again and meet Luffy to like chapter four hundred and thirty. Jesus, yeah, and so then and then he appears really. soon after, like chapter five hundred, uh-huh. and then doesn't appear for another two hundred, give or take. Yeah, so we not a, that's just to say not a primary character, not at a all. primary character, not even no. a little. Right, and, and in, when he shows up, it's important, sure. But Oda will introduce a bunch of characters that won't appear a lot, but they're they're like, all right, this person, this character does one thing, and we don't do anything connected to them, we do not see them, but we'll check in every so often as they're important. So yeah, there we go. They got the thing. 
he's uh, gonna be a marine. Oh, that's the only other thing I wanted to mention. Is like I get that it's like a simple thing to just make marines this faction, but it doesn't really make sense because they're not really a marine force. They're they're the navy. They're navy. Well, they're yeah. called. Well, they are the navy. Oh, okay. They're called the navy, but the navy. They're marines, but it's they're all they are called the navy. Yeah. And they do have admirals, but they're uh-huh. also called sailors sometimes. They, well, they, they are sa- well, right. They so kind of be, just yeah. throw marines. So in, in real life, usually marines are are like the yeah the like uh, ground force that is stationed about. It's kind of you know obviously in modern parlance the way like say the United States Marine Corps works currently has kind of expanded beyond that purview. But it used to mm-hmm. be that Marines were the troops specifically who were stationed aboard sh- ships to do stuff like security and whatever you might need in that role on, y- on your ship and, and from your ship. But then also, like, to be deployed off of ships mm-hmm. more effectively. Like, they were specifically an amphibious... For land troops. Yeah, an amphibious force, kind of mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, to have the... But, so, like, that's to say that Marines didn't crew ships they were on ships that were being crewed by the, the navy. navy but yeah they they kind of just use it interchangeably but they yeah. do all okay. work for the navy sure all right good enough yeah um so then right in the next episode they're, they're looking at the map here right <clears throat> and we get into some more of the questions i had about the world building here all right later so on the grand line is a is like a different stretch of ocean yes so what what is there anything physically distinct yes so the thing with the grand line is uh the compasses don't work. There's okay. the 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 like magnetic po- the magnetic field is different. Each island has its own magnetic charge, and you get this device, and this will be introduced when they get to there. But I'll just say it now; it's not really a spoiler. Called the log pose, which is like one little compass needle that will charge with will like align with the magnetic charge of an island for like a kind of arbitrary amount of time, however long the the plot needs it to be uh-huh. kind of thing and then it will point to the next island in that charge so like there's a certain number of paths you can take in the grand line and each island points to another island and you kind of follow that all the yeah. way to the end so we can have different adventures on each yeah, island exactly yeah. uh and the it's got crazy weather patterns and the reason you can't just sail into the grand line from the four blues which is we're in the east blue yeah. is because of the calm belts which are these two stretches of ocean on either side of the grand line where there is no wind or waves, and it's full of sea monsters, like that giant uh-huh. um, sea snake before. Yeah. So your ship would just stop. Your ship would stop, and then the monsters would eat you. Okay. So you can't travel through there. So you have right. to go through. That was my next question. Specific. You got to this one I was like, place. If, this, you should, if that was just big, this big stretch of ocean, why wouldn't? Why? Why do you need a map to get to it? Okay. No, because you got to you got to sail up a mountain. Good enough. <clears throat> and then there's those others. The stretch. The big stretches of land. What are those? Oh, that's the red line. So there's the red line that goes all the way around the Earth. That's this huge. Is that amount. explained why that's like a thing? We don't know where it so came just, from because it's a very clean like feature, yeah. right? Like it's not. It yeah, doesn't so seem uh, natural. It, almost. That's the thing. Okay. It's it's not a lot of answers, but it's uh, the way the story's been going in the manga and stuff. It's believed that this was created at some point, possibly during the Void Century, possibly by the government for the express purpose of dividing the world. And it is a globe. Yes, it's a globe. Because at one point I was like, is this like a, fl- a flat earth? What's going on here? Flat earth. earth. All right, good enough. Yeah, no, it's I a think my other, other question. Um, so they're they're sailing on their little dinghy or whatever. I think it's more not 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 a dinghy. It's not, essentially a, dinghy. a swoop. A dinghy in, in- It's got a sail, so that's good. And we're having growing pains. I, I do like this dynamic for a little bit. I'm glad they didn't keep it for too long. Um, I think it pretty much has resolved this episode, at least for Zoro. The uh, three again. of them like each other. But yeah, the whole like we're a crew, and they're like we're not a crew. Again, it's a little bit fun. Again, you know, 
Luffy's character is fun in that way. And again, it's even what Zoro says by the end of this episode, which is that his enthusiasm is kind of infectious because mm. it just works basically to, yeah. for them to be like, ah, I guess we'll be a crew. That guy's fun. But um, they've been captured by Buggy the Clown, who's a, a different pirate captain. Again, kind of what I can only imagine is a very long line of different uh, evil pirate captains that we will encounter. Lot, you'll be surprised. A lot of the enemies Lee has them. Evil pirate captains. Yeah, okay. So bad they, guys doing bad things. So he runs a, a horrible circus. Yeah, he and he captures the whole town. In the manga, he hasn't captured the whole town, but for brevity, we got to get this moving. <laughs> Fine enough. There's a whole pile with the dog in a in a dog food store. It's there pretty sad. It makes you cry. Oh. It's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, we get Buggy. He doesn't like when people point out his big red bulbous nose. Uh, what do you think of Buggy? Oh, I think he's fine. I, I like this actor. I've seen him in a couple of things. Um, it just seemed weird. Like, so, because I didn't even notice it until, like, what is it? Oh, he says nose as in just, like, the, to know something. Yeah. And he takes offense at it. And then it's like, and then it's when they draw, draw attention to it. And I was like, oh, that is, like, his actual nose. It's not clown. My thing is, if he doesn't like attention being drawn to it, why is he a clown? Like, is the nose red as well on its own? Or is it, like, a skin toned? No, it's like giant. Okay. I, I think he's just—it's just, it's it just is red. It is red. I just, you know, I feel like he can't pick a lane there because I feel like he's embraced it by being like, "Well, I'm going to be the clown pirate," <laughs> but then he's also like, "Don't call attention to it." I feel well, like you've done that yourself. Well, he's an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Buggy's a stupid. Um, his power seems—it's a little too much for me. You don't like the chop chop fruit? Well, at first when it was just like, "Oh, look at you can't cut through me because I can like destroy myself pretty quick," but then by the he's like making himself into a he, big whirlwind, like float, flying around. Yeah. That seems a bit much, but that's fine. I feel like I'm not going to love any and all of... Not any, but I'm not going to love all of the... Devil Fruit the powers. Powers, but it is it is what it is, I guess. Again, I, I feel like I almost would enjoy it more if there was a lot of just shooting each other with pistols and whatever, but that's fine. Um, Do you know why no one puts their uh, hands in their... Their arms in their sleeves in one piece? What's that about? Well, it's just a cool design choice. They got their <laughs> coats in their arms. They, they uh, It just seems so... It's like... The overwhelming majority of them oh, they do, all it. do it. Well, so it's not even like a oh look, this guy's cool because he doesn't do it. This is distinct. If they all do it, then none of them are. You yeah. know? Okay. Well, right. they, just it, wondering. It's held up on their shoulders by their sense of justice. <laughs> sure. And that's canon. Listen, I've pulled this move before. There's sometimes you don't want to put your arms in the sleeves. I get it. Hey, it looks. I'm cool. just saying, none of them put their arms in the sleeves, and I'm just like, what's that about? I literally was reading the thing about I. I was on like the wiki reading about of Alvita. Yeah. And they were like, notably, she puts her arms in her <laughs> sleeves, and I was like. Fuck! They're all they. All, it's a fun thing. It's okay. a cool design thing. All right. Um, but I mean, of course, we they beat up the clown guy. They beat up the clown guy. There's no. They make a reference to one. They to, to a lion. If you remember, they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. where's the lion?" In the manga, the the guy with who looks like he has like a white thing around his head who holds sure. up the sign. He rides a giant lion that they have to fight. Obviously, they don't have a, a giant lion for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in this episode, the main point of this, we won't rattle too much on. Um, is that Buggy knows Shanks? That's the one. That's the big reveal of the episode with okay, these characters. Yeah. Is that Luffy's like, oh, I love Shanks. Give me this hat. Don't fuck with this hat. And Buggy's like, I actually hate Shanks. That guy's a dickhead. He's like a manipulative piece of shit, and he ruined my life. And Luffy's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Uh, I can't remember if they show his backstory. Buggy's also wrong. He's like a conceited little asshole. I kind of figured he was uh, misguided. I mean, I guess it could have been a twist of like, yeah, Shanks was, but it's he seems pretty genuine from. What we've seen of him, so and this guy does not seem very trustworthy. So I kind of figured it was something to that. Act. Yeah, I'm sure they have a history, of course, but I, I was like, yeah, I don't think it probably didn't go quite that way. Yeah. I do got to say that the guy who has history with Zoro here seems pretty justified <laughs> in in beefing with this guy, right? I guess oh, that yeah. Zoro's the good guy, I guess, or he, he is now, or he's making strides that way. I don't know. I mean, it's weird because he has the morals of like, I'll protect this girl from this shitty marine, marine yeah. but. 
Yeah, he's like when this guy's like, "Yeah, you tracked us for like weeks on end, and and you, killed, and you killed my brother, and and you did that thing you do, which is you decapitated him and took the head back to get money for it because you're a horrible bounty hunter, man." And it's just like, "Yeah, I did that. What the fuck? You think I care?" And I'm gonna this like, wheel, and I'll show you what's up. I was like, "Okay, Zoro, I guess you're a, okay. You're one of the good guys. He's the coolest guy around. Like this guy's a pirate, but I mean, you can understand he's got beef. Like I don't, I I don't even know what to say to this." Because he just like, he's like, oh, I don't even know if that was me. I, I've killed so many men, I couldn't remember. And he's like, yeah. And then you did that thing, you chopped his head off. And he's like, yeah, that's sounds like me. It's definitely something I that's did. That's a classic move from me with my <laughs> mouth sword. Like, I'm just like, oh, boy, Zoro. All right, fine. Also, is there any, is it, is this Zoro like, like the guy? Okay. Like the fucking he's Ronor Zoro. masked bandito? Okay. I call him Zolo in the Wait, was his first name Ronin? What's his name? His Well, it's Roranoa's, Roranoa Zoro, okay. but it's... Jap- Japan, so the last names are first. So his his name is Zoro. Okay. His last name is Zoro? No, his first no, no, name is yeah. Zoro, but okay, it's Zoro. reversed because it's... Like Zoro, like the, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like yeah, the, I think it is a reference like to that because he's a sword. Sword guy? Yeah, okay, sure. Um, That's about the, everything that happens in this one, right? Yeah. We do more of the Garp-Kobe plot line. We finish... Do we finish his we, backstory here? Yeah, we do finish Luffy's backstory. Shanks gets his arm Shanks bitten off. Shanks gets his arm bitten off, but he's still okay with it? But he's like, actually, I'm actually, it's not even a problem. Super cool guy. Very chill. You know... Even then, he's just like, I'm just glad you're okay. I was like, man, what a nice fellow this is. And then he gives him a straw hat, which is an iconic scene where he's like, actually, Luffy, you can have my hat and you'll get back to me when you're a great pirate. That's nice. He felt like why, he... is this sword pre- why is the hat precious to Shanks? Do we know? Uh, well, I know. Oh, okay. But yeah. I won't tell you. Because he's like, because I get that Luffy's, it's precious to him because it was a Shanks gift from, from him. Yeah. But so why is it? A... Okay. All right. You're rewinding through the same part three times. Well, no, now. I keep doing that thing where if you don't do it, it just goes, it, I, whatever. Like when he feeds a Dende Mushi lettuce. That's fun. Um, is that is that creature intelligent? Because that's why I thought it was a dragon. Because it seemed like there was something going on there where it actually was like I don't know. It had some kind of intent. Uh, I know it's just like an animal that attacks. Okay, things. all right, good enough. The villagers that they saved from being in the horrible uh, clown circus. Clown circus. Give him food, and he's like, oh, I couldn't take your food, but he's like, Well, I have a bit of food. <laughs> I have a bit of food for the road. That's fun. And then this is where we get the thing where it's like, What is Nami up to? Nami? Nami. 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 What is she up? to? Does she have ulterior motives? She's is got she... her snail AirPods. Bo- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that one, and then we get into like a bit of a two-parter here for the third and fourth episode, right? Yeah, you we say? go to Syrup Village, and we meet our fourth Straw Hat, Usopp. Yeah, I saw this guy come. So, uh, so this was interesting, actually. I thought this is maybe the first, uh, one of the first times the way this all culminates, where I was like, oh, okay, there's a little bit of that, something to this. Um, is this little boy's running? He's like, pirates! By the pirates are coming today, and then you realize. And then it cuts. So it's like, oh, it's been years, and this is what he does every day. And he's just like a, he's like a, he's the boy who cried wolf. He's the boy who cries wolf type of character. And I'm like, that's interesting. Why does he do that though? Is he, is he stupid? Like, <laughs> is, he, is he a stupid <laughs> one? Does he see ghosts? Is he crazy? Has the and tank gotten to him? Yeah. And to just uh, make a long story short, the reveal is that it's because his dad's a pirate, and he, he's basically in denial. He wants to believe the pirates are coming back every day, so that his dad will. His not not only is his dad a pirate, his dad is a pirate well, on yeah. Shanks's crew who spent more to time. <laughs> With Luffy. He's more of a father to him. Yeah, very, very lots of depth to that. And I was like, okay, this is actually something, right? I was like, this is cool that this kid runs around and he's like, well, the pirates are coming back today. Surely my they, father God, will return. They're definitely here today. We all need to be worried because the pirates are definitely coming today so that my dad will come back to me. And I'm like, wow, yeah. all right. There's... It's revealed uh, at some point in the manga that Shanks kind of pulled up to Yasap on the beach and was like, want to be a pirate? And he was like, fuck it. And he got on the <laughs> ship and left. <laughs> Damn. So he was about that. Uh, Usopp does not have his trademark long nose in this. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. Which I, is fine. That would look 
so fucking stupid. Is there people who don't think it's fine, or uh, not that I've seen? Okay, because good. we were like, it'd be very silly if he had his like cartoonishly long. Is there any explanation? Is there any reason he has a cartoonish nose? And because he, I mean, not everyone in the manga looks like that. Like he or in the he, no well, any of it. Yeah, no, I th- I think he only has a long nose because he's the liar. He's a Pinocchio, the boiled crowd oh, okay. wolf. That's more of like a like a theme thing. Sure. But there's no like you're you're the long nose tribe. You're not like that kind of thing. Sure. <laughs> The long nose tribe. Hey, there's the long. Careful nose. there. Well, yeah, I, I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> it came out wrong. But like, there's a there's the long arm and long leg tribes and long and snake necks. So in in one piece, well, that's uh, those are real. Those are real. <laughs> they have three joints in their arms. Okay, and and really Ugh. long legs. But anyways, it's he's, fun. Trust me. They get there uh, to syrup syrup village to they need a new ship because they're like our old ship's compromised. People know where it is, kind of thing. So we're going to leave, we're going to get a new one, but they're like, it's too expensive. We have no money. We, no money. we haven't done any piracy. We've not done any money. So like, we'll go here and we'll buy this ship. Look at this, this is a perfect one. And they meet him and he's like, I know someone who might be, help, be able to help you get a ship. Because he's friends with this local, I don't know. Rich lady. Almost, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say noble, but I don't know if that's really how she owns, but she's family, rich. She owns the shipyard. She's like a uh, heiress to like a business at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah. But her parents are, are dead. She's orphaned and she's cared for by this her like butler head of yeah her butler uh Clahador. head of household kind of guy but she's also sickly and, and ill and whatnot she's got consumption yeah she's got she got one of those old timey like oh i can oh my humors my my bile is out oh, of I order i can barely step out of oh but the sunlight does me good you know how it is <laughs> the sea is dreadful uh, uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> a little victorian like Fucking ailment yeah. that they all used to have, I guess. It's like, oh, I can see, I can barely stand. Probably the result of, you know, generations of inbreeding. Uh, or tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. You know how it is. And mercury, probably. It's like in, um, you ever read Wuthering Heights? No. All right, don't worry about it. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I, again, to make a long story short, it, it, and this is, I think, apparent almost immediately. I mean, when I saw the guy, I was like, quite suspicious. Guy. <laughs> but he's not really a butler by trade. He's a pirate captain. This is a long... This is a long scheme that they're doing here, where the the him the butler and then the cook guy, I guess, is he? Yeah, the cook and the maid, are and the all maid are all and pirates. they're all pirates. Which again, at this point, seems to just be a catch-all term for like crims. Well, they were they actually did have a yeah, pirate I, I crew, kinda, and they're kind of they're doing that. the long con again. I'll say this a lot because it's my turn. Uh, in the manga, they have a whole pirate crew who are waiting is there, for. Is there more? Yeah, yeah. there's more of them, yeah. and only the butler is there. He's they're all, all waiting for his signal to show up. Sure, okay. Um, we missed out on. They have a hypnotist named Django. He's on the. He's Django. on the show. Django, and he has a. He, Will you always be alone, Django? Will you ever love again? Then, you loved her, and you lost her. Great song. You always spend your life regretting. Um, but well, um. They're poisoning her, pretty much. That's the thing. There, yeah, with a bunch of nondescript bright blue poison soup. Sure, that they're zeroed on and a well. Luffy they eats kill a bunch him. because he's Luffy. Because he, oh my god, he loves eating. <laughs> like oh, holy shit, this kid ate all that poison. Boy, doesn't he love eating? <laughs> and then Zoro catches on because he just sees him. What has that happen? I can't remember. He just walks in. He's like, I huh? think, right? what's that? The basement? I don't know. Regardless, he knows. Oh, he wants he wants wine, and they find uh, Mary's dead body. That's how they do it because he likes to drink. That's Zoro. That's Zoro. That's the thing that Zoro likes to do. Yeah, that's a good Zoro likes booze. Luffy likes meat, and Nami likes money. That's kind of like the thing. Sick. All right. And uh, they toss him down a well, um, which is a, a useful mechanism. Character growth. Character growth, and 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 flashbacks uh, for him next episode, which will be very handy. Uh, but yeah, basically, it's we we our our heroes learn of the, of this scheme. Okay. And then the, the next episode, we're we're 
continuing that that plot point. Um, but also we have the added uh, the the Marines have arrived as well. Yeah, they've tracked him to this spot, led by Kobe, because he's the most effective Marine. And he's not he, a Nepo baby. Because he's um, had experience. Garp's like, and all throughout will be like, Garp's like, you could be a good Marine, but you have to like be more assertive. Don't second guess yourself. And you've dealt with Luffy, so you'll go. You'll go find him. You'll prove yourself that you're not like a pirate sympathizer or something. Because Garp, as we find, hates pirates. Mm-hmm. And this is what's this guy's name? Usopp. Usopp. Um, he leads him back, but then he's like, oh, but I'm the butler. How, How could I be evil? Which is like, but that's the whole thing. You're the butler. You're pretending to be the butler, but you're evil. It's a, it's a real catch-22. He did it? the butler did it. It's a real catch-22, isn't it? Um, and then they produce Luffy, but he's unconscious and on, account of the, on account of the poison. <laughs> on account of the poison he ate. Um, and then Zoro's still in the well, and that's the mechanism for, again, like I said, for him to have some, some flashbacks and backstory and whatnot. Um, they try to convince the what's this girl's name? Kaya. Kaya, and she's like, "You're crazy, stupid bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate you. Stop. This can't be true." <laughs> like Kalidora's claw, little knife gloves. These guys look stupid. <laughs> yeah, they look. A Are they silly. supposed to look stupid? I mean, they're a little silly. What's with his? The, the one guy's got like a weird half mask, Phantom of the Opera cat <laughs> thing going on. They're, the fact that they're actually like wore the black hats. Meow. What is this? Cats? Are you a Jezebel or whatever? Cats called? in the movies. Cats. Jellico cap? What the? What is it? What about the, well, what about Kuro's little claw gloves? Are those neat? Stupid. Still he much. pushes off his glass at the bottom of his hand because he can't do it with the knives. It's fine. It's fine. I, I don't. Um. So the Zoro backs flashback stuff. I thought was actually so. It's when he was a kid. He learned to be swordsman. I don't know. Sword village. It's a dojo. okay. The sword village here. Good enough. Yeah. So in sword village, you start training to be a, a a swordsman, and when you're like nine, I guess I don't know. They give you a big sword. Uh. Yeah. I, I saw a, a picture of it from the manga. It looked ridiculous because the swords look much larger children. Yeah. Well, that's just a weird perspective thing. <laughs> Silly. It's fun though, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he's got a friend. Do you know this character's name? Yeah, uh, Kawina. Okay. So, so Kawina's friend... the daughter of the master of the dojo. I, I, didn't, I feel like that was not conveyed by this show, but I read that on the wiki. Yeah. D- it, was it? Did you think? Did you uh, think? I guess I didn't think about it because I knew it. Yeah. So I didn't need the show to tell me. Okay. So I would... Ha- I. If it didn't tell you, then it probably didn't. Uh, so she's the best swordsman in the village, in, in that, the dojo. In class. And Zoro's mad about that because he can't beat her. He can beat everybody else. He's incredibly strong, but he cannot beat her. I read in the, in the, in the manga they, they had 2,000 bouts, and she beat him every time. Oh, yeah. It's a nice little, like, yeah, fantasy. Love, like, they like they fought a billion times. Yeah. And the great swords, the, the blade master, blah, blah, blah. Two present in ten Fought, fought 10,000 duels <laughs> and only one, lost one against a farmer with a quarter staff. <laughs> yeah, that guy? Like that. Love yeah. that shit. Uh, so they did have a fight and Zoro's all upset that he can't beat her. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter because so- like soon you will. Like You're a boy, so you're going to get taller and stronger than I will. So you'll beat me eventually and I'll never be the greatest. And she laments that. And Zoro's like, fuck that shit. We're going to be based together. We're going to become, one of us will be the world's strongest swordsman and we'll, con- like, everyone will know our name. One of our names. We'll keep getting better. And then she dies. Yeah. Now, they don't say it in the show, but in the manga, she falls down the stairs. Crazy. Because I read that. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I look and it was like, the next day, she fell down <laughs> some stairs. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's a bit of a joke of, like, down to, down the stairs, the, the strongest character in One Piece. It's a, it's a, it's a little, it's not great. I think it's just meant to be like, and then, you know, tragic, tragedy strikes. But I guess, yeah, I mean, there's no reason someone who was good at sword fighting couldn't fall down the stairs. Especially a child. Neck. Especially a child. Yeah, that's, it, 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 but it's just kind of funny. I don't know. So Zoro is very upset, obviously, and 
gets her, her sword. She's like, hey, teacher, give me your family's heirloom sword. See, so that's why this scene, like, it makes even less sense and more sense. If you, again, if you knew it like you did, I guess there's something. But for me, I was like, upon learning that, this made even less sense to me. I was like, wait, that's, like, not even just, like, oh, can I have her sword? That's It's, like, his sword. Yeah, like, it's, her, his, yeah, it's his, a very important sword. We learn it's a very important his sword. His ancestral heirloom here, and, she's, and he's like, yeah, I guess. What if I took it for a bit? Can I go kill some people with it? What if I cut off a guy's head who was in a circus? Can I do that with this? And he's just like, yeah, take my daughter's. Again, I didn't even get the... I mean, he was tore up about it, but I thought he was just like, you know, oh, my one of my students died. That's sad. But no, he was just... That was his daughter? I don't know. Whatever. I think it's just... To, like, he is like... No, I get all yeah, that. I'm just saying. I didn't... I did not get any of that. Also, uh, he also doesn't care for putting his fucking sleeves on. I, what is... <laughs> he's not even a pirate. That's just like a... It's just a th- it's what? Just, it's a thing in the One Piece rule, right? <laughs> Fucking remove the sleeves if, then. Hey, if you don't, if you don't like the sleeves on the shoulders, you're gonna have a rough time when we get in the next season. <laughs> Things don't get like easier. <laughs> the guy um, can stretch like rubber. Like, but the sleeves, Jack. Hey man, Why I don't they... know, man. Luffy fights Kuro. They all fight the guys. Yeah, yeah a bunch of uh, a couple win. fights. Luffy does a big punch. I don't remember his finishing attack is in this one. Uh, they do a fun thing. Zoro gets where... stabbed, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he gets stabbed. I think he gets shanked real good. Uh, they do a thing where Zoro gets out of the well and runs the wrong way to Luffy, which Sorry. which is a thing with Zoro because he always gets lost. Mm-hmm. It's a running game. Oh, is it? He okay. has a horrible sense of direction, and sure. he gets lost all the time. That's cool. Uh, so that's like a start of that. So that's funny. He's like, I thought I was going to the mansion. I don't know where I am. Uh, so yeah, then we kind of get through the end, and then we escape. He does gum gum something or another. I think he does bell. He does bell. He does yeah, bell. bell. That's another that one. That classic move, gum gum bell. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. And then, of course, because they helped Kaya, yeah. Um, she's like, of course. Obviously, the the ship that you wanted, you can have it. Here it is. It's yours. The going Mary, the sheephead. The going Mary. Is that what they call it for the rest of the thing? Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun ship. Yeah, it's yeah. got character. It's fun. It's just kind of interesting that I don't know because I figured that, and I was just like, so this is presumably a very iconic thing, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. One Piece, it's just funny that like I don't know. It's probably because you didn't know early on, right? How quite how big it would be. How, yeah. could, how could you? You couldn't. It was only supposed to last five years. There you go. I just, I, the idea that like yeah remember that that guy that they <laughs> didn't really know because <laughs> it's not like oh we named it out for this significant character it's like yeah it's a guy we didn't never really met but yeah sure we'll name our ship after that and then he, he doesn't get killed in the manga but still they, oh, only, he meet, they only meet him like once <laughs> he's not even dead and they named the ship after him yeah in the manga he's still alive <laughs> okay he designed the thing is he designs the ship <laughs> oh, okay and does like, he name it or yeah, i think he names it, and they're like that's a good enough name. and then you keep the name okay yeah like, not like when honor. you pick up a cat from the SPCA, you just right, gotta right. keep the name. Not in honor of him. Yeah. Is this does this go anywhere? Kaya and uh, No, they don't even son? kiss them. It doesn't even get this far on the manga. They're really? Just, it's like implied that they're like in love. Does she ever I mean, do they ever see her again? No, I've not seen her since. Oh really? She's not <laughs> oh, okay. up again. I'm sure she'll show up at the end in the next what what year is it? Four years? Uh <laughs> I was gonna ask it. That was one of the so now that we're at the end of the our first four here. <clears throat> that was one of the things I wanted to get at. Maybe maybe I should save this for the it was a big reveal at the end. Back, yeah, actually, okay. I'll, we'll, 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 we'll do the big reveal. We'll talk about that when we're done with the whole season. Um, but yeah, the reveal. So then they're being they they flee. And Kobe didn't get him or whatever. But then Garp, Garp is, is like, ha, actually, this is my plan the whole time. He's a real Thrawn type. This guy. He's a real. He's gonna. He's an heir of the Empire. <laughs> he's like, actually, you are meant to fail. This only furthers my, uh, my agenda. Meeting. Um, because then they, you know. Uh, they just see the ship sailing out of port, and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that would make sense. If they were all on the same island, you'd just be like, well, they're leaving. We'll just follow them. <laughs> yeah, of course. And they presumably have a bigger, faster ship. And uh, so they, they, they make after them, and then uh, Luffy looks at him, too, and they're like, 
oh, these guys chasing him. He calls him Grandpa. Yeah, it's Garfield's grandfather. But now that's a reveal we don't Shane get till chapter four hundred and thirty. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. He Garb is a character who we see and does stuff. Right, right. But he, we do not. He doesn't. It's like I'm your grandfather wow. till four hundred and thirty. Yeah. I well, like, okay. Well, so how does that work? Does you're saying that in the book Garp reveals this to him? This is not a thing. No, Luffy Garp. Knows? So it, it happens the same way where Garp appears where they are, and Luffy goes, "Grandpa, what are you doing here?" Everyone's like, "That's your fucking grandpa." Like every, they don't meet for that long though. They meet for a little bit, and then they they go because they're they can't really meet for that long because he's a vice admiral and he's a at that point a very notorious pirate. So it's like I'm, I just mean they had never crossed paths no before that point in the manga he's not in this storyline oh, okay they change it which i think is a good inclusion i like that they add garp um because he's there in the east blue but he's not chasing luffy huh. but i think it makes sense for him to do that because that's the next episode they get into a little bit more because i've watched a little bit of the next one not that i get spoiled because i know what happens forever yeah um but i like because in the manga he's not at gold rider's execution but I like that he is because the manga, they're rivals. Like sure. he's the one that chases him, and he's kind of testing. Garp is like testing Luffy to see if he can actually do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I like his inclusion in this. Yeah, and this well, yeah, this kind of ties into the thing I was getting at, which is just like, I mean, you're gonna have to. Some things are gonna have to change. Some sacrifices are gonna have to be made here too, if they have any hope of adapting it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But I guess again, I'll I'll save that more specifically for when we're. At least done with at least the first season. <laughs> Not bit bit uh, premature maybe to be like, well, we're halfway through the first season. Is it ever gonna end? <laughs> there, um, I've heard they're trying to get to the end. Really? They're, they're, we'll, we'll get to. It. Yeah, we'll get about, to huh? it next week. Next week, listeners, we've already gone for a long time. But it's Jack's. It's Jack's Star Wars. It's my Star Wars. If I get to ramble for hours on hours upon hours upon hours, hours, hours about Andor or whatever. So, but yeah, overall, I, like I said, I'm enjoying it. I, I guess. Again, I feel like this is like condescending, and I'm not trying to. I do know you love it, Jack, and I am enjoying it. I really am. I'm having. A, I'm having a good enough time. I, I it, truth told, I was enjoying it more than I thought, and I really did like find myself being like, maybe I really ought to read it. It was very fun to me when you texted me that you were like, I'm actually kind of enjoying One Piece. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I didn't and, say like and that. I, I'll read I didn't exactly. quite, say, quite, well, quite so strongly. All right. Well, let's read exactly what you said verbatim from the text. I think what I was trying to convey with that, if Hold I, on, if no, I we're not poorly, no, no. finally started One Piece and it's actually kind of fun, which I understand where you're coming from and I'm not trying to get on you, but I think it's very funny because my first thought was, oh, I'm glad he's enjoying it. And the second thought was like, well, yeah, it's One Piece. It's the most popular manga <laughs> of all time. Fair enough. Outsold Batman. But that's my, but that's my, yeah, that's kind of my very point. Mm, yeah, of course. Actually, is that, oh, look, it's the, it's the fifth guy. Wow. There he is. Um, No curly eyebrow. It's a shame. My thing is, my my reservations from One Piece almost come entirely from the medium. Even though I know it's not really a medium, we've gotten into this before. I think yeah. we've we've delved into this so that like anime isn't technically a, a genre, different genre. Hey, I gotta. It's not even genre. Yeah, it's not a genre in and of itself. It's also not a different medium. It's just from a cartoon, but Japan. Yeah. Same way mangas are just comic from Japan. manga. You don't say manga. mangas, do you? No, you say manga. It's just comics from Japan. It's not really. I literally saw that like on Shonen. It says like Shonen Jump. It says comic on there. Right? Yeah. Sometimes it sounds like oh yeah. But um, that being said, there is still like conventions and stuff that are in common with a lot of them. Yeah, yeah that's tropes. There's tropes and stuff. But I even just tro- I don't even know if tropes is the right word for some. There are tropes, of course, but I just mean like the you know what thing I always say like the weird like um the facial. Face shots that I don't know what you call yeah, those. The reactions, the reaction shots that they do, and I, you've told me before, like in a lot of cases, it's for pat, it literally just for padding out. Yeah, it's time, padding time, which is One Piece anime yeah. is notorious for that. Which means that like it's not even even people who enjoy them, right, it can agree that those aren't those aren't good. They're not providing any value or anything. Right? Yeah, 
And just, yeah, sometimes like the, because it's like in this show, even when someone does like an exaggerated goofy face, if they want to do it, right? They do that, but it's still a human face just being like, oh, it's yeah. not like a Cartoon. suddenly my head is three times as big so that my, my eyes can be bulging out and and a, a <laughs> droplet of sweat as large <laughs> as a child's head is materialized on my forehead. Yeah. Whatever. And maybe I get too worked up about those things, but like those are the kind of stuff that bother me. Mm-hmm. And just take me out of it a little bit. Um, and so what I was saying is, what I was trying to convey with that is that the stuff of that that did make it into this show, I actually found endearing. Right. In this uh, medium, I guess. Yeah. Go in, and not annoying. Because I'm just like, well, this is fun because they're doing it. They're doing an adaptation here. I'm sure people who really, yeah, who love love the other uh, whatever forms of it, like you, I'm sure you are like, oh, well, this is like they're doing, they're doing right by, right? Like, yeah. Trying to. They're doing one piece. So I think, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. That's good. Uh, little stats about it. It was number one in like 84 countries, beating Jesus, the previous record deal. of 83. I hate, I, again, and I still hate how even then, like they couldn't have enough confidence in it up front to give it, to se- give it more than one season. And this is supposed to be 10 episodes. It was supposed to be a 10 episode season, but they had to shorten it for budget. Jesus, fuck you. Like, I, I, it'd be cool if they, they took this seriously, Netflix did, and were like, this could be one of our uh, it, tent poles. If they if they weren't gonna be Netflix about it, then they could if they give it a ten episode because the way the East Blue ends, it ends perfectly for like a cliffhanger for an end of a season, mm-hmm. like the way it ends. So like it'll be a little it'll be a little awkward. I think I, I'm sure they'll make it smooth, but I think it would work better if it was ten. They did all of East Blue in one season because then you can move on to all like here's here's like the start. We're building everything, get you in the world, and here's now all the crazy stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But now well, they won't do that. But I like this so far. Hopefully they yeah, they go from eight to ten at least. If Stranger Things can have a two and a half hour fucking season, they can give One Piece ten episodes. That's true. And it, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Uh Stranger Things almost done. Like it I could almost envision a world where this really does become their Stranger Things. Their new thing. Yeah, they're a real temple for them. In which case they would hopefully give it the budget and everything that it it would uh it would need, which would be cool. I know uh, I read an interview with Matt Owens, the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how like they're getting back in the writers' room because the strike's over, Very and nice. they're starting work on season two immediately. Um, obviously, they can't do any casting for characters who new characters who will appear in season two because of the actor strike. Yeah, but they're gonna get as close as they can. Um, so hopefully next year that's their plan. But you know how these things go. Really? So they still think they could? They the they only... I mean, especially if they if it hadn't been for the strikes and because yeah. who knows how long. But otherwise, they think they could have. I think yeah. Because we've I, talked about before how, like, even in the best circumstances in the past um, couple years, they've taken couple years, a year yeah, and a half, two years. That that has become basically a, a rarity for shows to actually do. He did mention how the the main problem is that because they film in South Africa mm-hmm. and the winters in South Africa are very like rain and wind heavy. Sure. So they have to. They, there's kind of a whole chunk of the year they can't really film because the weather conditions aren't right. So they, that will slow them down because of the way the timing's been working. Like as shifted yeah so we'll see but they're like i mean as soon as possible which obviously this show is fucking ginormous mm-hmm. everyone and their fucking mother watches goddamn thing apparently yeah Every, now everybody knows about one piece oda has oda has said when it came out this was his last shot with getting one piece popular in the west because obviously right. one piece isn't as popular as naruto or dragon ball or anything like that right yeah so i've, I've definitely noticed that so you said it, it's the most popular yeah, it's the highest best-selling manga of all time in Japan and stuff. In or Japan, in the world, the, yeah, throughout, throughout the, the world. world. Oh, but I would imagine almost most uh, 
Most especially in Japan. Most manga yeah. are bulk Japan anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. Still. And somewhat France. France, oh, France. Oh. France gets a lot of stuff. Um, but anyways, yeah, I've, I have observed that, that despite that, yeah, I would say in the West, like, yeah, Naruto. Dragon Ball. Dragon for sure. Ball for sure. But even more recent ones, like uh, Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, My, my Hero Academia. And I think the main problem is um, is how goofy One Piece is. You think so? Because it's very, like you said, like, you're like, this one seems silly. Is that more like um, Japanese sensibilities or you think? Or? I think it's maybe more, maybe it's somewhat Japanese sensibility, like 90s Japanese sensibilities and also the story that Oda wants to write. Because at there's a surface of One Piece that is, oh, look, this oh, guy can- Jojo. Jojo's great. People love Jojo. People love Jojo. But Jojo even then is still kind of niche. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's more niche than those yeah. other ones we named. Because Luffy is like stretchy and Zoro has three swords and like it's more kind of upbeat and goofy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While Naruto is like, we're ninja and we're serious and I have yeah. cool powers. Again, I, I, I really, I, what you said there really does help me recontextualize the three swords thing. And that, mm-hmm. yes, within the context of the, <clears throat> of the story, he's supposed to be a badass, but also. We all ex- agree that it's kind of silly. It is silly if we're being honest, right? Yeah, like, like he, we're kind of making fun of him almost. Like his attacks in the manga, it uses he says onigiri, which is a rice ball. You're right. Like his attack names are food or like food pun, like because onigiri can be demon or rice ball, so it's like he's badass, but also it's rice. So like it's it's that kind of double thing. Yeah. So Oda's always trying to be silly, but also serious. And Mumpy's pretty dark. Can get pretty can, dark. Can, okay. Okay. Ooh. Most recent chapter, crazy shit happened. Probably the yeah. saddest backstory we're gonna get right now. How how dark? I guess I I guess I'll just say again. I'll save the thing I really want to get into. But how much um like how much how how much have these episodes covered so thus far? Like the first, the, let's just say the first episode, the pilot or whatever you'd call it. Mm-hmm. What is that um in like chapters? Um, so they've right up to the point we are because they're entering Baratier. That's about chapter. 50 so about 40 chapters i'd say 40 chapters and they cut out i said the first episode the first episode i'm sorry the first episode so that's all of shellstown that's probably the first 10 15 i think i don't remember exact i haven't read that. the first episode is almost 10 chapters i think i i don't roughly in terms of like at least the big plot beats i'm just curious so like how much because he does it every week right yeah they're not super long are they they're 20 pages, give or take. See that? But that's almost a normal, like, comic book. Yeah, and they're all black and white. Well, comic book's not much. True. But that's what how, how, like, how um complete are they, I guess is my question. Like, like, by chapter? Yeah, like, are they, do they have self-contained little arcs most of the time, or are they mostly just parts of larger arcs? It's parts of larger arcs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because the right. arc is really the, yeah, it's it's more parts of larger arcs. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's get on to something else. All right, well, I could tech out of that. Uh, into what do I do next? I'm talking about. We talk about dumb money. Dumb we saw dumb money. money this week. Paul Dano, Paul Dan, beloved character actor Paul Dano's newest film. Sure. Replays real life guy Keith Gill. Gill. Real life guy. Real life guy. Oh, uh, and it's all about the uh, GameStop short that happened in living memory. Very living memory. I I said this so my so I go to the movies a lot. Do you? As, as, <laughs> And, on uh, this, you're gonna say that on this show? Wow, I'm, I'm, brave! I'll, I'm first to come out and say it for all to hear. And uh, my family knows this, so they'll be like, usually if I'm out of the house, uh, they know. They just assume I'm going to a movie, which really tells you something about the rest of my social life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll get back to those. Be like, so what movie? Just <laughs> and, and, and I was telling them, and I was like, and almost almost 100 percent of the time, when my mother asks me if I've seen a movie, and then I and I say yes, and then I tell her. 
almost 100 percent time she goes i don't know what that is <laughs> I, I i couldn't tell you the probably barbie she knew about top gun maverick yeah top gun maverick sure yep and those and aren't it. and those aren't that close to each other those might be well yeah notice those are about a year apart so maybe i'm good for one a year where my mom actually is like oh uh and so but i was explaining this one and i was just like yeah it's a gamestop thing you might you, you remember and she's like oh i feel like i might have heard of that and then i and then she's the thing where like i and then i started to explain a little more and she's like oh no i actually do remember that and it's so it's just a thing that people do sometimes yeah where you're just she was just kind of lying like, like, oh yeah i think i remember that and then when she actually did remember it was completely like oh yeah no that was i i was bullshitting before but now i definitely do oh i now now i know what we're talking about <laughs> but uh i just thought it was i said the same thing to her because i was like yeah it's one of the first movies i feel like i've ever seen where i have such where it's like this it's pre- presented as this like you know i don't know historical event almost yeah. for lack of a better word right but it's something that i have a distinct memory of yeah it, yeah like you said in living memory it's it, in living memory almost doesn't do it justice justice yeah it's not quite a- accurate enough because it's not like oh yeah people still Talking people still that. are around who remember that can you believe it's like yeah, no this was two years ago there's almost no one who lives who doesn't remember it yeah who wouldn't i mean I'm unless the ones i've killed exaggerating but you get what i mean right oh, like yeah. so i don't know so speaking on that what do you, how much uh <clears throat> how much connection did you have to this story uh, barely any. Okay, I just kind of knew it from like the news. They're like, yeah. GameStop's going okay. crazy. You're pretty, okay, pretty abstract. Yeah, I actually followed this pretty closely as it happened. Big stocks guy, I know. I'm not. I'm. I'm well, well, you I'm, were. I have. I have been. You've um, tried. That's why I do sports betting now. Yeah, I've, I'm actually doing much better on sports betting <laughs> than I am on the stock market. And it tells that, you something. It tells you something. But what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I could tell you nothing could, good. You could draw any number of conclusions about that. Almost none of them. Good. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I've come out on. I think I've said that before on the show <laughs> that I've You've come out as a gambling <laughs> that I've done much better sports betting wise <laughs> returns because I've only lost money on the stock market. How much? Wouldn't care to say. Yeah, it's not even necessarily the m- amount is like stag. Oh, I mean, you know, it really depends, I guess, on your particular situation in life. But it's not necessarily the amount of staggering as much as it is like the percentages involved. Yeah. Whatever regardless um but yeah i fought it pretty closely at the time i really did and i to the point where i almost bought gamestop when it was 15 dollars, which you know as i mean it happens with sport, it, the stocks it happens with sports betting right same thing where you're like man if i had done this or that then i would and you know you never consider all the opposite ones where it's like man if i had put 50 dollars on this bet it would have lost <laughs> i would have lost horribly man wouldn't that have been crazy you you just go man well i was an idiot i should have put all my money on this bet that i know one now because of hindsight and then i would have been rich yeah uh but human brain cannot consider the failures you know we know someone in andy? real life who made money was on it andy it. yeah yeah I oh. Say, but... oh he doesn't listen who cares <laughs> yeah i mean it's that doesn't mean anything but yeah, we know someone in real life who actually did make money off of GameStop. Was that? I remember he was making all that money on stocks, but it was always vague. Spoken no, vague. He, GameStop was one of them. He he got in. Oh, uh, I don't. He didn't do. He knew gangbusters. No, he was not. Well, he wasn't very diamond hands about it. Mm. He bought it and sold it within like a week. Coward. It was all going on. Right. He yeah. He basically <laughs> didn't hold the line. He did not hold the line. He was not about it. He he didn't care about the cause. He was just like, yeah, man, I bought it and then it like doubled, so then I sold it. And then, yeah. He did the smart thing. He would have invested. Arguably. <laughs> Yes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I again, like I was on Wall Street Bets. I was following it. I was like keeping up with the like news as it happened. They should have put not even just like the news of <laughs> not even just the news of like like you said like oh something. But I was like in there. I was like I found one of the some of, like the comments and and Reddit posts that I had saved from back then. It was an interesting time. There's some fascinating stuff going on. There. So 
again, it's like I maybe it's because I did personally follow it. Like I was part of that community to the smallest possible extent. But I was yeah. where I was like, this is an interesting experience as a, as a movie. I'm sure that's going to happen more as like time goes on. Yeah. As we age. There's going to be a COVID movie. I was just going to say there's going to have to be. It's it's frankly, it's surprising there hasn't been more already. I guess I guess no one wants to really touch it because it's like, why? It's yeah, I think we're not far enough away. I think in like ten years maybe we'll get one. We'll get but like, distance, yeah, I t- three years after it's still very. We're still very much feeling the effects of this. But even like Vice, for example, was a film. Yeah. Or the Big Short. Or we'll get to the we'll we'll get to the Big Short. <laughs> Those are both movies. Uh, same director. Uh, similar in tone to this one. Perhaps a similar kind of. Perhaps ideas? a minute. Perhaps this is a miniature. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what's that? I did it. I overdid it. <laughs> what was it? Um, those are both movies that I would absolutely say are in living memory by definition, right? But those are also not, I don't remember them. Yeah. I'm just young enough. I'm, I didn't know Dick Cheney. We say it all the time, but we're very young men. I'm quite, we're just young men. We're innocent men. It's worth noting. We don't know. We don't think about much fuck. about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, but yeah. So even our parents were adults when both of those things happened distinctly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're young enough where it's like, yeah, I don't remember. The housing market crash. I don't remember the 9-11, beginning of the war on terror, right? Yeah. Again, this stuff's still in living memory. In a lot of ways, we're still dealing with the ramifications ramifications of some of it. But it was just that that aspect alone was fascinating to me watching this movie. I'm like, man, I like remember this shit. Yeah, I remember all this stuff happening. I, I, it's, it really is. It, it's only been like two and a half years. Yeah, it's not been long at all. So, But overall, as an actual movie, that was pretty good, right? Yeah, I thought it didn't take itself too seriously, I thought. I thought it kept, it was kind of a lighthearted feel to it at points yeah. oh, with yeah. like how cartoonishly rich the the hedge fund managers were, where the whole movie starts with Seth Rogen wanting to tear down a house just to build a tennis court for the yeah. pandemic. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio was in it, he has a big pig. It's, it's, it's like a, um, it's like a CGI pig. Oh, I don't know about the. I was just going to say the, the movie in general, like it's a, uh, I don't know, it's like a mini Oppenheimer or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is another movie where I'm just like, man, I feel like I know almost everyone in this, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, the hedge, the the notable hedge fund guys are Nick Offerman. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio and Seth Rogen. Sebastian Stan is the CEO of Robinhood. Oh, yeah, Sebastian Stan's the other one. Um, And then you have, like, yeah, the main guy is Paul Dano. His brother is Pete Davidson. <laughs> Pete Davidson. His father is... Oh, yeah. Um, is, uh, what's his face? Oh, my God. I had his name. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. His wife is Shailene Woodley. Like, it's like... Not all these people are American Ferrera. Yeah, and then America Ferrera and uh That guy from Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I guess. We'll go with that. <laughs> well he's in it. Hamilton. He originated the role of Philip. Oh, is he? And or Yeah. What? Good for him. You've seen that. You've watched Hamilton. I know you have. I don't remember Hamilton. <laughs> I try to forget. You only knew that guy as being from Transformers: Rise of the Beast. I'm that's sure that's the dis- first thing I thought of. It's the most recent thing he's been in. Such a disservice. To okay, Andy but that was the last thing he's yeah, been no, in. Whatever. I'm looking up everything else. He's I'm been not. In. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> uh, but again, it's just everyone is like, yeah, I've seen that guy in something, right? The the young, the very young people, the the college kids. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know them either. I don't think anyone really. I would assume they're pretty new to this scene. Um, but yeah, again, so it, but that's the same. It's it's similar to right. Mm-hmm. To Oppenheimer or perhaps Barbie to that extent, which is yes, they're not all A-listers by any means, but it's like I recognize all these guys from something or another. Yeah, they're known entities, which is I don't know. It's always fun. I said it. I think I said it when we saw Oppenheimer and or Barbie that based off of the what we do here, right? We're clearly of the breed of person who's just like, oh, 
I see. I've seen that person in a thing. Look, I recognize that actor. And then this, this makes it better, I think. And then everyone else you know goes, "Who?" And I go, "But they were in these three movies." And they go, "They were." Does that matter? That's every conversation I've ever had with my mother. Oh, yeah. I go, well, this actor's in. She goes, who? And I go, well, they were in this, this, and this. And she goes, I know maybe one of those. And I'm like, well, fuck, and man. And we have that same conversation all the time where I'm the one who's going, this I don't, guy, don't you know? I don't know anybody. I don't Which really anybody. tells you like, the, 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 the levels to this stuff, you know? Well, that's with everything. Beautiful. God, isn't that? Hierarchies. Man, life. Yeah, the human experience, you know? I hate it. Wouldn't change, you think? <laughs> Uh, that's good. Couldn't write that one. Uh, they hit another tower. No, it's nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, I I don't feel there's a, a ton of specifics to get into. No. Here. So the main thing of this movie is they change perspectives a lot. So like, they do. none of none of the characters in different perspectives really interact with one another. No, I except would, for maybe Sebastian Stan and the hedge fund managers. They interact right. a little or bit. All the rich assholes. Yeah, yeah, the rich assholes kind of mingle, but like. The regular people like American Ferreira and Paul Dano, all of them. Paul Dano is the one who like, who who is the one who's like, you should. We GameStop is gonna go up. Like they're shorting it, and I think it has people are they're underselling it more than it is necessary. So I think this could be an opportunity. So he's the one who starts all this, and all the people see what he's doing and are like, well, we can actually. They kind of they, we can stick it to him. We can actually win something for once, and they all buy in to varying levels of success. I did yeah. find it interesting that they had. America first character lose like she didn't get she yeah, didn't I don't I don't really understand win. how that I mean they don't get in the specifics of all their investments and how it all worked out but I was surprised by that too because it seemed like because there's the initial like there's like the kind of like all is lost moment right where mm-hmm. when they close it um when they Robin Hood closed the thing down right they stop the buy button stop being able to buy them or no is that the same yeah that's yeah, the, the same thing. event that's the same they cause everybody to sell and then the stock plummets and it plummets but then it comes, it bounces back, and so I don't know why hers didn't, or what what the if if she also rode that one too long, then too afterwards. I'm not sure what the what uh, exactly happened to her there, because yeah. But although the thing is, she did she finished with more than she started with. Yeah. You did? Did you notice that? So yeah, yeah. she was negative, but she was negative by like thirty thousand less. Mm. So she got back. She actually, I guess, in that sense, she did make money, but she didn't make as much as she could have. Like if she had sold at the height when at first before they stopped, she like she would have made half yeah. a million dollars and she would have been set. But yeah, but yeah, f- I'm not gonna pretend to be to know shit about this uh, actual stocks or anything. But the long and short of it is that, and the, oh, the, the short the logic is that the not that GameStop was actually ever worth three hundred dollars a share. But it was worth more than it was trading at. And that's mm. the logic. So you say, well, this is a good investment because it's worth more than that, right? Um, like, you know, for some of the reason they get into here, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's like st- stuff working against them as a company. But also, again, it still wasn't as bad. As they were saying. As they were saying. And so that's why you invest it. And then that creates this artificial kind of climb. And then presumably, like wherever it's at right now, two years on after the fact, is probably... Where it should sit. Uh, yeah, a reasonable price for the GameStop stock to be sitting at. Um, but yeah, and then, I, you know, obviously this movie definitely, uh, like, what's the word? I don't know. I uh, just, like, plays up the whole, like, oh, we're, this is like a revolution kind of angle. Yeah. The, the whole, like, yeah, that's stick what, into the man kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's that's what it kind of becomes in real life, too. And it's yeah. carried on to this day. There was definitely that mentality, for sure, that was mm-hmm. present. Um. I mean, a lot again. A lot of like the posts and things that end up in this movie, I think, are just real. I uh, definitely, yeah. And that was definitely the mentality at the time, right? The whole like 
Planet of the Apes memes were going crazy. Oh yeah, Apes Together Strong. Like, uh and and that I I liked that they didn't really they didn't overly at least um, sanitize it. I think for this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like they did show that there's like a bit of ableism, I guess, going on in that community, right? Yeah, there's a very self-deprecative streak to it all, um, and that they kind of showed it, like warts and all, I, I guess, um, which is interesting because it really is just a, it's just a bunch of dudes on Reddit on Reddit, like who don't know anything, who don't know shit about dick. Um, but yeah, I you know, I, I think perhaps that side of it is maybe played up for the story of it all right mm. that like look at they stuck it to the man i don't know how realistic that is i don't know what kind of i mean they at the end card wants you to think that it really had a profound some kind of profound impact on the market i don't know if it really did long term but i was talking to my dad about it and yeah. he said um that companies now have like hedge funds have to publicly release what companies they're shorting now oh yeah like they've the fcc actually like changed it like oh, you like cool. you have to tell people what you're doing which is like i mean that's if if nothing else is if that's the only thing that's true, I mean that's better than nothing. Well, and the thing I do think the thing that they said at the end in the end card is true is that they have to um <laughs> kind of scour the internet. Yeah, not even have to in terms of like any kind of legal thing, but just it's in their best interest to. They have no choice really to be successful other than to to be aware of uh like yeah uh what, what do they call them? Oh, they call them retail retail uh, traders. Or is it yeah whatever it is something like that independent traders pretty much. Which is yeah, cool in of itself. Again, it you know, yeah, they like they actually managed to to uh, get one you know hedge fund hedge fund to actually like fail, which I guess is something. But like with the Big Short, right? Like no one went to jail. Yeah, no one actually lost uh, anything substantial. Really, their jobs or except that one hedge fund again. And the hedge fund guy probably got hired by somebody else. But um, you know, it's kind of an i i uh, ideological victory, right? Yeah. At least we show them that they can happen. You yeah. push enough, enough people get together, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, I kind of liked the, the little dramatized with it, where with with um, Paul Dano and Pete Davidson's characters, where he's like, you just gotta, you're holding back, like you're not, you're being all like, oh, should I do this? Like just face it head on, run through, run naked through lightning or whatever. So I, I liked that stuff. I thought that was compelling, if a little, maybe a little over dramatized for the film, but I mean. you I gotta do that for a movie like this. I feel like they made Paul Dano a little too, a little overly dorky, probably as well for the you know purposes of yeah, the movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I feel like they toned it up just a little. And Paul Dano's got that face because you see the guy when they do the, the you see him in real life because I hadn't remembered what he looked like and I was like, oh, he's like a good looking dude. Paul Dano looks like a goober in this movie. They make him look like an absolute <laughs> goober, and that's hey, that's Paul Dano's mo. You need sure. someone to look oh, like yeah. a goober, you hire Paul Dano. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Divorced dad, weird Riddler guy. Get him in there. He'll do anything. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I said, it's just really interesting to remember this. I, it really, it did get me pumped at parts where I was like, yeah, I fucked a man. I, wish I, I didn't make any game style. Off game style. I wish I, I was, had. I was not diamond hands in it. I was not ape together strong. <laughs> uh, I did not have even even half a banana. No. That's what they were calling the stock by the end, right? Yeah, I know that. For a time. Again, on this niche Reddit community. <laughs> so if you had a, if you had one stock, you had one banana. And uh-huh. if you... Back with at one point they stopped letting you buy partial stocks, but someone would be like, "I have half this. This monk has half banana." Because <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, mean, I hate fucking stupid. Reddit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I remember that one of the posts that got real big on there was it was when basically around that time, if I have my facts correct, is when that hedge fund is like panicking when Seth Rogen's going like, "What's going on?" Right. Mm-hmm. Which is the way the whole shorting position and everything works. It, it got to a point where like they 
they didn't have the hedge fund didn't have enough money yeah to pay off pay off their shorts right because they they lost so badly on shorting it that they didn't have enough money to make up the difference kind of thing again i don't know any of this but that is again it all happened like the same weekend i think when they maybe when they closed it i don't know well, it, well yeah it all happens in the same week because of the way Robinhood works because Robinhood also doesn't have enough money to pay the pay through their um, system. The people who are using it because I think I I was watching I'm watching some there's some guy made like a two hour video mm-hmm. of all this stuff and I was I've been watching it and he explained it. This is actually before I saw this movie, so like I kind of knew some of the stuff going in, which is interesting. That, yeah, see what they address. Uh, that the way Robinhood works is that like you give them money or you pay it and they're like you don't have to pay it right away but we assume you're going to have it so some of the money they don't actually have like in actual in like liquid uh so that's why they're like we need 3 billion dollars and we don't have it and that's where they stop because like we don't we have liquidity problems like we cannot pay yeah, you yeah exactly so there was this big post on um on Wall Street bets that went like viral that week which was he was referencing Snowpiercer you know the movie Snowpiercer yes i'm familiar so there's a there's a part in the in the movie Snowpiercer, spoiler for the movie Snowpiercer, where the the people in the back of the train, the poor people, are like riding, and the you know enforcers from the front of the train show up, the the you know the cops basically, the ride guard people, and they show up with their guns, and then that normally in the past has been enough to deter them, squash any the actual violence, um, but it, it's not this time. They're too riled up because they've abducted the little boy to make him work the train, <laughs> and uh. It goes to like it actually gets to physical, and then the guards go to shoot, and they don't, they can't. And there's this moment where they're like, they don't have bullets. Yeah, they use them the last time I remember. Yeah, right. they have no more bullets, and it's like this big thing. Like, look, they this power that they supposedly have over us, it's it's fake, it's imagined, right? And um, he, this guy used it as his whole metaphor for like the whole thing, where it's like, if we just hold the line, they can't pay. They're gonna collapse on themselves because they don't even have the money to to pay it all, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're out of bullets. And I was just, I remember, that, I think that was the coolest thing. That's pretty it was awesome. I'm loving it all. So I was, I'm, I, you know, Jack, I'm glad to be a part of it. I did my part. I lost money on AMC. <laughs> a lot of people did. I tried to make it the next game stuff and it didn't quite work out. I, yeah, it quite not, for not, some people. Not quite. Yeah, exactly. Got close. But. I knew people who knew people who made some money off that stuff, but that's as close as I got. Beautiful. You weren't one of those people? No, no. No, no. No. My uh, my my investment portfolio will prove it. Yeah, well, you live and you learn. I'm sure that, I'm true. sure our economy will nearly collapse again, and we'll that's, get. Hey, we're getting close. That's, maybe that's one thing to look at. That's one yeah. way to look at. It, buddy. Someone's gonna short some other market soon. Probably so, housing again. I read that guy has um in 2021 he stopped doing videos and anything. He's just been completely radio silence. Oh, they I think they said it in the in the movie in the end. Yeah, it is, yeah, like left public life i'm like yeah, you make 34 million dollars you kind of disappear yeah i'm i'm curious to i'm I'm curious how much he actually Kept. made yeah It'd be interesting to know yeah, i wonder how much like if they didn't stop buying how much he wouldn't he probably would have made 100 million dollars if they didn't have to buy who knows probably, it, yeah it's un, unknowable I, I it peaked over his particular holding peaked over 50 yeah yeah but I don't again. I don't know how much went or how much he sold. But he must have at some point. Thing was good. But like again, his whole thing was like, "Well, I like the stock, and it's and it was it, again, it was symbolic and all that." But he he he. I mean, everyone knew in their hearts of hearts that Netflix was or not GameStop was not actually a stock worth that much. Yeah, it was. Now the idea that like gets kind of caught up in the movie here and was happening in real life, where it's like, "Oh, was this manipulation? You guys were." That's not accurate, obviously. But it 
it is true that it wasn't actually like the the value of that stock was not generally based off of the success of the company, which yeah. is ideally how the whole thing should work. But again, I mean, part of the idea of this movie is that it oh. hasn't been working whole correctly. Game is, for the whole game a long is rigged. Yeah, if it, like I say in this movie, basically, it, it hasn't been working that way for a long time. If it ever did, yeah. So, yeah. did you want to say your thing? <laughs> Uh, power to the players, and that this movie I feel is a miniature of The Big Short, which we've already referenced three or four times. Yeah, three or four times here. Uh, insofar that they're literally both about shorts. Uh, they cover pretty like boring economic ideas. More interestingly, they kind of like yeah. will explain them to you. Now we're like Margot Robbie's in a bubble bath, or Anthony Rip Anthony, the late Anthony Bourdain will make fish soup for you. But you know, close enough for a movie like this. Everything's kind of scaled down. Yeah. In yes, in a lot of ways, I think this is not nearly. Uh, I don't know how to say it's not quite as refined a film as. I no. mean, the Big Short was a didn't win like the Oscar. Like the Big Short, was, Big Short was like a big deal. It's a big uh, deal. It's a big deal. The Big Short. Uh, this is not quite that, but it's very similar. Like you said, in in well, I mean everything. Oh yeah, content, plot, feeling, sure, vibe, general vibes. vibes for sure. So much so that when we were talking about seeing this last week or the week before, whenever I was like, oh, we gotta see the, we gotta see Dumb Money. I was like, isn't that. Isn't that what's his name? I always forget his name. I don't know his name either. The guy who did the Big Short and Vice. Um, I literally thought maybe it was his. I was. I was so similar. Where I was like, did the same guy just make it? So I agree with you. Excellent. Sense. Against against anyone who may anyone anyone I, out there possibly who might disagree with the idea that it's it's very reminiscent of the Big Short. I don't know why someone would take that kind of. And if you're out there, listener, if you're listening to this and you and you think that, text me. Find me, text me, get my email, get something. Contact me in some way. Hypothetically, hypothetically, I don't, I don't. I mean, if you have my number, thing. yeah, I don't know what you're really getting at there, Jack. Yeah, I just, just it seems unlikely. But it, okay. It's unlikely, but well, stranger things have happened. Indeed, indeed. So, anything else to say about this movie with Paul Dano? <laughs> Excellent. Good for Paul Dano. Good. God bless Paul Dano, a beloved Good character. For Clancy Brown. God bless him. I hope he bought him a house. I hope he did. Real life Clancy Brown, that is. <laughs> Paul Dano bought him a house just separately. He's just a nice guy that way. All right, we'll get tech out of this into what do I do next? Fallen Order or Loki? Loki, perfect. Great choice, Zach. Thanks for your input. Really appreciate working with you. Uh, <laughs> great business partner. Great creative endeavors. Uh, Jesus. Loki. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Just run the fucking pockets by myself. Jesus Christ. Get a monkey to do this. Ape together strong, I guess. Ape together strong. No, no. Good on you. I know those other uh, apes. But what's this episode called? A second episode of Loki. Oh boy, let's work at McDonald's. Wage slave McDonald's. Have it your way. Have it your way. That's good. That's BK. (laughs) Oh, not McDonald's. Yeah, because it's. No, are you sure? It's BK. Yeah, because it's BK. Have it your way. Uh, You rule. Where they go? It's with the Whopper song. The song. The song they played after Demar Hamlin died on national television. Yeah. What a horrible, horrible moment. Good. Thank God he's alive. And this Loki is one of the six episode ones. It's a sixer, yeah. yeah it's a six. Is it still a sixer? I probably Breaking is. Brad. I should know that. Oh, that's a good. It's good. That's a good too. Yeah. Too bad it ripped off Breaking Bad. Just like <laughs> the last episode of Ahsoka. Go kill yourself if you think that. <laughs> wow, coming out hard. I'm, I'm. I'm. I feel passionate about Loki episode titles. What can I say? Oh, like yes, the Ahsoka title. I get it now. God, God, I, God I hate them. God. <laughs> it's really just a disconnect. Anyways, I wouldn't get into that. So, uh, following up on the events of last week, basically, you know, as as a nice episodic TV ought to do. Um, but that's not to say the last season, their last episode didn't have a, something of a complete storyline of itself, isn't it? It's an interesting concept. Uh, uh, How do you manage that, you think? Magic. You think it could be done more than once? Or? 
No. Okay. I think if we even tried it one more time, everything would collapse. So uh, we're looking for um, what's he? Brad Wolf. Sure, but what's his thing? Oh, uh, X seventeen or something. X whatever he is, a hunter. And it's brought them to 1970s London of some kind. We've we've popped out. We're here. We're having a good time, right? Hey, he's at a premiere and he sees Mo. So we we find that he's what we've discovered here basically is that he's uh oh, X five is his name. X five has well he's he's assumed a life or not assumed a life, but somehow I mean it's not we don't get a lot of specifics, but somehow he actually has become a successful actor. I guess yeah, he's taken. I guess this, this is his life on the timeline. You think that's what it is, or well, that, well that's what he says. It? He gets his life. Yeah, but I think he was like. I think he was justifying it. I I just thought it was his actual place in the I timeline. Didn't, didn't, that's not how I. You could be right. But if that's the case, then like how? Like he kill him? I don't think about it. I took it as just he he wanted to have a life. He's like I made my own life like I deserve because you said we all have lives. Whatever. I'm thinking. I'm, we've we've already. <laughs> Can't delve too deep. The point is, he's a movie star, and he doesn't want to leave because he's like, "Well, I'd rather be rich and famous here. and not live in that weird 1950s cop thing you live in." Right. Uh, so then he runs, and they catch him. With and, magic. But they get him, don't they? Yeah. And they take Loki him. Does some fun magic. I like that. Yeah, shadow magic in the trailer. We see there's a bunch of illusions. Classic Loki stuff. Classic Loki stuff. They catch him, and then uh, we see they take him to prison. They're like, "All right, fuck you guys. I'm going to prison. Here's uh, my modified temp pad. What's up with this?" And they take the temp head to Ouroboros, OB, uh, and and he's like, well, I'm trying to make someone to fix the loom. They're like, well, look at the temp head. He goes, mm, or, okay, I could do that, or I could make a thing so we won't all die. They're like, well, yeah, you, I guess you could do that. And he goes, read this manual I wrote. So they take the manual and fuck off, and they can't figure it out because they're idiots. They're like, well, it's like an Ikea thing, and Casey comes to the rescue. He's like, actually, I could probably fix this. I'll look at it. So they're doing that. Then they try to interrogate Brad. But Brad's an asshole, as they say multiple times in the episode, uh, and just kind of goads Loki and Mobius uh, to just make him mad. Uh, so at first he gets Loki just calling him. He's like, well, you're a villain. Every time we find one of you, you guys are the worst. You do horrible things. And uh, we should get rid of you. And Loki kind of has a big monologue at him and almost seems like he's going to do something, but backs down. Mobius talks him off. And then he goes after Mobius, and he's just like, Mobius, don't you want to go to the timeline? not real. <laughs> yeah, nothing this is real. You live a, you, we all live a lie. Like you need, he says you don't need to wake up. Like you're like blinded by this, and then he slaps him, mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of leave. So Brad kind of wins that because he gets him to do what he wants, and they're all like, oh, "What are we gonna do?" And they get like the the greenest key lime pie I've ever seen. Would you, I like this scene a lot? This is this this specific I, thing. Yeah, cause of a bit of discourse this week. Ugh, believe it or not. Damn it. Um, where someone's like, someone just posted like a gif. <laughs> Of Mobius eating a slice of pie here, and it's like, the absolute state of Marvel. Can you believe what it's become? I hate people. They need to start watching things. That's how I really feel sometimes, right? I mean, like, I don't... God, it sounds dumb to say this, given that we're talking about, a like, a comic book Marvel thing, but I, I'm going to say it anyways, but it's like, are you a child? <laughs> are you, like, an actual, like, child person? Are you, like, like, a 14-year-old? I was watching show, and he, like, wasn't even punching. He, like, stopped to eat food, like... He wasn't punching, kicking, killing bad guys. Waste of my time, don't you think? Waste time. I want juice box, perhaps. <laughs> Mother, this not stimulate me enough. I think switch back to Paw Patrol. <laughs> switch back to <laughs> uh, Aquanauts. Yo, Gabba Gabba, more my speed. Jesus Christ, showing our age here, man. We're not even that old. Exactly. Uh, maybe perhaps. Okay, you need to come up with current uh, cartoons. That's a two dog. Oh, Bluey. Bluey, that's the big one. Yeah, that's for that's for millennials and children. Sure. 
But yeah, I just could like because to me this I remember literally watching it. I was like, this is a good scene, like a good character moment. Characters just talking because they aren't having to do anything else, right? Yeah. To me, it's stuff like this that some some other shows perhaps lack. Yeah. For someone to explicitly be like, this is. Can you believe this? I was like, yeah, I can believe it. It's like one of the best scenes of the episode. What are you Absolutely. talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, they break it down and always brings up a good point because Louis like, well, shouldn't you've never checked? Like, don't you want to know? Like, what if it's a good life? And he's like, well, that would be terrible. Like, if I have a good life on the timeline, that's worse than if I had a bad life because then I'm missing out on something that would arguably make me feel better. So the TVA is all I've ever known. So I'm just going to live this life to the, to the best I can. I also love the pie room. I would love to work in a place where you could just get pie. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, it's still like, we got to try something else. But yeah, I also really like this scene. Uh, oh, we get a little cut to OB. We actually have a B-plot in an episode. Can you... No, I don't know. If, is that something you can do in things? I thought you only can have big punch guy alien. Because I mean, I thought Dane. that... I thought that the way you made TV shows was kind of just you wrote like a movie and then you wrote it like doubly long by whatever means necessary. What, whatever you have to do. Whether it really justified it or not. And then you just kind of chopped it up. So this idea that like... I don't know. I think they call this like um, this is somehow like like episode. Is You'll get there. I believe in you. I know. I don't know this word well either. It's uh, it doesn't fit well in my mouth. Like any French word, like <laughs> epithet to do with the episode. Episodic. Episodic. I think. Is I, I believe pronounced. it. I believe it's how the French would say it. Maybe there's some kind of actual episodic tell like storytelling that's that's on display here. It seems strange to me though. Yeah, so Obi can't open the doors, pretty much, the blast doors. We'll be we finding out later, but he's like, hmm, things are going wrong. That's not good. Uh, suddenly torture Brad real quick with time cubes. The machine is very strange because it's like this large contraption that they plug in and like pull a motor on, but then the pad just has things appear in space, which I thought was fun. Uh, that's, good time. Yeah. Just like everything they had inexplicable. Um, you know, the only thing I couldn't really get fully behind here that I didn't understand is like why does brad care like why is he so defensive of this right when he seemed to abandon which like because he was working for the general chick who who's evil or whatever yeah but he also left like he didn't seem to care to do that either so like, i don't know why he's so defensive of her anyways that's what i didn't really get about this unless he really is just such a dick like he's just a just yeah. a mean guy and he's like i think it'd be funny to just make this hard on them i think so because I, I just don't get i i you know what i mean does, no do, i get what you're saying I, uh, did you, did, unless you picked up on something I didn't. Like, why does he maybe, put up such a fight, really? Maybe he thinks they'll do, like, they're going to prune it. Like, he knows that they won't prune him, but the general might. So he doesn't want to get pruned. Maybe they'll. Okay. Like, if they'll, they let him leave as long as he doesn't fuck with their plans. But if he does, they'll get him. Maybe he's afraid of that. Um, But he reveals that he did find Sylvie. Um, and where, where specifically that is, which is like we saw last week, right? 1982, Broxton, Oklahoma. McDonald's. 40. I think I mentioned last week, but Broxton, Oklahoma is like a, I think a fictional um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma town mm-hmm. from comic. Oh, in um the 2000. Oh boy, can I do it? Six, I think. Four oh. run, uh, which is the one I quite enjoy. That is that I- the one they take? They put um, Asgard on Earth. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, God. you read that one too? No, no. But I know from a different comic. Um, well, you know where they put Asgard. I don't think maybe I maybe I've heard part of it. I don't, maybe I don't yeah, know. but what you know where they put Asgard? Oklahoma, Broxton, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, Broxton, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So go to McDonald's product placement. Very good. And uh, Sylvie's a model model wage slave employee, which is filling the cups. It wasn't so bad back then. You're right. This is when like America was eighty two. It was like we were still all right. 
we st- we still had like yeah the um fast food actually had like cost personnel. of living hadn't massively outpaged the wages yet so she's doing all right she's like it's probably staggering how much money she actually makes she bought a truck in some amount of time and nobody asked any questions she probably owns a second vehicle and a house by now she probably has a butler and that butler probably <laughs> has a uh, its own butler <laughs> and she has magic so you could probably just fudge numbers on that uh, uh but yeah basically she just enjoys it I, it's it's not quite clear to me why she's fixated on mcdonald's is like this is the calling but again clearly like the whole point is that because she has freedom she can do something as trivial as that which is an interesting kind of concept right that's not like well i'm free so i can do something extravagant it's i'm free so i can do something mundane yeah i can just relax she couldn't even do that before and it's as interesting right conceptually Mm -hmm. um but she's not really happy to see loki for uh she like He's like, oh, you're probably not happy to see me. And she's like, yeah, like, I wouldn't want to, like, he literally says, like, you probably want to see me less than anyone else or whatever. I don't know why that is, because I feel like she's, he would have more reason to be upset with her. Yeah, because she she, she kind of fucked the dog on that one. So I don't know why it is that she's like, oh, look, I can't believe you'd show your face here again. Maybe because it's just like she knows that if when he if he shows back up, it'll be more TVA nonsense. That's true. She's like, you're going to bring TVA. I mean, she literally brought Mobius with him. So he's like, yeah, he says, I know you're the last person I want to see. And I was like, is he? What about Kang? We're doing all right for a minute there. I think Kang ranks pretty high on that. Then he had one disagreement and then you kind of like, yeah, we're pretty aggressive against him. And that's where we've ended it. So I don't know why you're like, ah, yes, Loki, my public enemy number one here. (laughs) And my lover, maybe? Well, yeah, I guess so. Seems that way. Yeah. Loki just recaps episode one to her. She's like, yeah, I went through time and I saw you in the future. What are you going to do the TVA? What's your plan here? You got a plan or something? Uh, she's just like, nope. Frankly, seems like a stupid thing to ask, Loki. What did you expect out of that one? Her just be like, yeah, so here's how it goes. Come on. Don't be silly. Don't. It's the future. How could you? She can't know. She can't know why she's going to be there. But whatever. And then um, they're chatting. They're trying to talk about their feelings to an extent, I guess. Yeah. Um, and Brad and Mobius are having a conversation. I thought their conversation was funny. They're like, so what's your movie? Is it horror? He goes, no, no, it's elevated thriller. It's cinema, all right? It's funny, too, because he's like, Brad's still kind of being a dick. And he's like, Mobius is, is just genuinely trying to be pleasant and fun with him because he's like, well, I'm eating my McDonald's. I'm enjoying it. Why not? And he's like, so tell me about this movie. He's like, no, you don't even want to hear about it. You don't have my friend. You're not even, you don't really hear about it. And he's like, so is it a horror movie? He's like, well, okay. Well, it's not a horror movie. A- <laughs> and so he just immediately got him in. I thought that was yeah. just a fun little joke. Like he's like, you know, flesh is a funny thing. At one moment, you're kidnapped and I'm some light torturing. And now we're having a meal like gentlemen. Look at this. I bought you that shake. With what money? Where'd you get that money, Mobius? Do you have like a credit card that changes infinitely? Yeah. Um, and Brad really wants to get out of there. He's like, we need to go like right now. Let's do it the TVA. And it's revealed why. Because uh, the general lady is going to bomb every single timeline that branches and just eradicate them. And then uh, they do it. Yeah. Seems they do it. rather fast. Yeah, I got the same thing. So, I mean, I assume they kind of know what they're doing here, though. This is in service of something that they're already... Yeah, building towards. They're, they're building towards. But yeah, they uh, seem are successful in getting all... Is it literally all of them? I think... Seemingly all of them. Seemingly. That they are able to, using those time bombs from season one and stuff, just destroy like every timeline that branched off after the events of season one, which... I Yes, I, I mean, I'll reserve judgment till, till next week. Mm, so see like, what the fallout is. Yeah. But I do kind of agree that like it happened pretty quick. Obviously, in the events of this one episode, that that all occurred, and it does seem to undercut a bit of the ending of season one, right? If if that's true, because it's yeah. Like, well, the whole point was that they changed that, but uh, yeah, we'll see. This lady, I gotta say, she's she's pretty unpleasant. Oh, she's yeah, she's she kind of does a good job of being annoying. And my thought was like, don't the branches 
Won't the branches come back? Like what? What causes them to? Yeah, I just was confused. Like what causes something to branch? Because they're always are they always branching? Right. The idea was like at at the end of season one there was way more, whereas before they would pop up one by one, right? Yeah. You'd be like, okay, we'd get this one, and then you wait for the next one, and then you take care of it when it popped up. Whereas at the end of season one, it was like, oh look at there's a there's you know I don't know countless yeah, that yeah. Ha- pop up all at once. Kind there's of branches of branches. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, they uh they ultimately defeat Catelyn Stark's sister here and most of her minions, but uh are unable to uh actually prevent them from completing their mission. Completing the mission, which is to just I branch or uh prune them all, and they seemingly do. Oh yeah. Get rid of those uh, suckers. So all of those realities are destroyed for all intents and purposes. Yeah, B-15 is especially distraught because she's like, well, those are all people. Like, very, like, those are like billions and billions of people that are dying, which obviously, infathomable. Yeah. But I get her, get her idea. Uh, So then Sylvia just goes back to living in Oklahoma at the McDonald's. It kind of confused me, though. Because why is that not gone? Like, I also thought the same thing. Where did it, why did it stay? Maybe they didn't get that one? Because the whole reason they... Ne- needed to leave is they were going to bomb it. He's like, they're going to come for this one. And so then if they didn't, I don't really know what's going on there. But Renslayer's on a different one, too. So maybe certain ones got protected. Yeah, so maybe it really wasn't... Uh, yeah. It was just... I feel like you can see some of them are still intact. So. Mm. Uh, we get a little moment here, right at the end, where she's sitting on the top of her truck at the darkened McDonald's, just kind of hanging out, and like... The young manager comes out, and she's like, is your mom coming to get you? And he's like, yeah, sure. I was like, is that her kind of building a life, like, relationships here and showing that, you know, just happy doing simple things? Mm-hmm. Um, and she charges some weird little doohickey in her hand, some, some sort of magic item of some kind, to what? I couldn't recognize it. I don't know if you recognized it from something or from... No, I uh, only from earlier. Right, yeah. She gets it from uh, the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know exactly what... I'm sure we'll find out next week. Yeah. Uh, no post, no mid credit scene, which I was like, ah, oh, nuts. Give us one of the first. They always do that. They go, here's the first one at the beginning, and we'll never do one again. What are you going to do? So this was pretty I like this episode. I mean, it continues. First two episodes in. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Yeah. I'm having a good time with this show. Yeah, like I said, it's a real show, not just, uh, well, they don't do a Moon Knight. We were talking about this off pod, and it's been entering the discourse as of late. The Marvel can't write TV to save their goddamn lives, maybe. Maybe. They don't know how to do it. Uh, they just write a big, long movie. Movie, a longer movie than has anything right to be, and then go. Well, we'll cut it into sixth, and just kind of make a, a whole a plot. Can you just have infinite a plot and no b plot and no like central core to each episode where we slowly have smaller goals that build to a larger goal at the end? We just have one larger goal that we do and have bad CGI. No episodic formula and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the best example I saw of this was like Breaking Bad, right? Uh, someone was comparing it to, which is obviously Breaking Bad is is very serialized and it all builds to you know big overarching plot points. But each individual episode tells self-contained stories, right? Mm-hmm. They have kind of individual themes and ideas that each one of them presents, right? Distinct of the whole overarching narrative. And some of the Marvel shows just don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, an episode and ends in a cliffhanger into the next episode continue building and then cliffhanger and then into the next episode we just continue on to that until we get to the end and it's like yeah it's over um and like yeah it's it becoming more and more obvious especially because some of the shows are like not only are they like you know just long movies but they're movies that don't even need to be long like some of these shows it's like i don't even think this needs to be like a this is like six a six hour movie that was cut up this almost is like a 
two-hour movie. They made a six. movie that was elongated and then cut up. Which is even worse. Exactly. So, But I think Loki definitely sidesteps most of those uh, criticisms, and it feels more like an actual show. Oh, absolutely. That is written to be both episodic and also, again, building to a larger thing. As in, has plot points that are set up and resolved within the space of one episode, and I appreciate so. Oh, absolutely. Something good. Uh, they oh the last thing the scene is they finally get Renslayer's temp pad so they find out where she's gone which is easy now because all the noise of all the other branches have been silenced because they're all dead uh, so we'll see her next episode probably maybe a Kang it's gotta come sooner or later it's here. gotta yeah well they gotta go pro- actually that's pro- they probably go to the old timey one we see from the end of Ant Man where he's that old timey yeah well yeah yeah I mean it's literally a clip from the show we know that at the very least is in this show yeah i know apparently it's not from this episode it's a little doohickey yeah i'm not gonna swear i saw her holding it prior but um it's he who remains talisman device which you presumably took after killing him Mm. that's what it is that probably allows her to save the timeline then might be like protect it in a way uh oh ouroboros i think we didn't mention this basically since the the blast doors can't open so they everyone's gonna die the tv is gonna blow up uh so that's a big problem which ties into the we were slowly approaching the future that Loki get, got pulled to, where the TV is in ruin and Sylvie's there. So obviously we know that this future will in some way come to pass, just so we can kind of come full circle on that. Uh, so yeah, excited for next week. Anything else to say? I don't think so. All right. Let's see. Okay. Oh boy. I spelled Loki terribly wrong. It's four letters. How'd you spell it? Don't worry about it. Just put a Q in there? An X, a Z? Well, yeah, it's only going to be another. Damn. Going Almost halfway through the season. All right. All right, so we can probably anchor take out of that into our final topic, Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh, Fallen Order! Now, you were talking a little bit of shit earlier because we were two months late on uh, watching One Piece. So what is that? where does that exactly leave us here? Uh, I would say because it's this is being leveraged against me, uh-huh. it's hearsay. Right. I'm being attacked from all sides. Fair enough. And it should be dismissed. And Fallen Order came out before we had the show. So I think it can be counted as well. Oh, you would think that, wouldn't you? I would, well, I would. Well, I would say that. Well, let me counter that, Your Honor, <laughs> by saying that, it, and I know you remember this. I know you do. Don't look at me like that. That I, yeah, even without the context of this show or any real reason uh, to do it for any outside. Uh, no, teary motive. Motive. I recommended that you play Fallen Order when it came out because I thought you would enjoy it. That's all there is to it, really. (laughs) Surely I would remember something like this. Yeah, I guess. Surely. I would would have thought so, too. I remember my my close friend recommending something to me. Because I don't think you've ever recommended me to watch anything, ever, maybe. Um, Because I think this show has made you more of a Star Wars. We've talked about it before. Mostly against your will, I guess. But I've been forced. It's it's happened, hasn't it? Well, I've been at least, well, I'm going to say 75% of everything we've talked about it's something you've enjoyed and have been keeping up with as a as a content as someone who follows stuff. And then you go, you you walk into my room and go, "All right, Jack, it's four p.m. Time to watch the season of television for the show." And then you drive kicking and screaming yeah. all the way to through the season. You go, "All right, Come week on, to week, honey, time to watch." And I go, "Okay, <laughs> it's time for season four of Westworld." <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, basically. But that being said, w- what I'm getting at is that even without the show, and again the Star Wars fan that you've, I think, become over the, the years of us doing this, I, at the time, knew you were 
you like Star Wars well enough. I just like it well enough. And I literally just knew that this is a type of gameplay that would appeal to you. And I, I was like, you should probably play it, man. And then it got to a point where it was on, where I was like, I think I would, I was like, you can even borrow mine. And then it got to a point where I was like, Jack, you don't even have to borrow mine. It's on Game Pass now. You can play for, and then this, these, you know, all of these events are separated by a good year or two. And then it got all the way up to the present here, um, which, you know, when Jedi Survivor, the sequel just came out this year, we talked about it. And, uh, not played it. Even then you hadn't played it. I mean, we talked about the trailers to Survivor in the lead up last year and stuff. And I was like, you know, Jack, you still got time. And Well, I had school. I am not things. Always, always with this school thing. Hey, it was important. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, one day I'll figure out what this means, and I'll, I'll, I'll get, get to the bottom of this. I get to the bottom. I'll of this. have a word with Mr. with the CEO of school, whoever this, whoever he might be, <laughs> or so she. I just go because all I keep hearing is uh, you say, "Oh, school, oh, this that, or oh, wide school, Zach." Oh. One one day I'll get to the bottom, whatever that might be, <laughs> whatever whistle blowing term that is. <laughs> Another great thing, listeners, about you, right, if you like looking borrow it, is that I bought my younger brother Fallen Order for Christmas. Like physically, he was like, "I would like this game, Jack. Would you buy it for me?" Right? Around that time, it must have been, yeah. So I had it. He would have let me borrow it. You had unfettered access to it. You I even need money. unlimited access. Any time I so desired, I could have popped that sucker in. And then again, you had it was on Game Pass when you had, so you didn't even need to. You didn't even need to like locate or or be in possession of your physical copy. Yeah, anymore. I said it like had. An, I said I have an Xbox uh, that connected. Yeah, pretty much any and all uh, barriers to entry here were. Non-existent. Yeah, just just really paved down for you. It was, yeah. The way it was as free as could be. Freer than the ducks in the park. Freer than those goddamn ducks in the park. But um. And still, I resist. You know the circumstances of life. Dictated otherwise. And, and it didn't happen. My immense but stubbornness. Fi- all that's to say, Jack, it finally has. I, the thing I do where I played it as fast as possible. Yeah. The thing you, you love that I do. I don't. I don't. I don't personally. <laughs> I don't love it. It feels again. It feels spiteful. It's a similar thing like what occurred with Rebels where, it, again, for prob- for <laughs> not, yeah, not exaggerating years, I, I have pestered you to do it. And then you were just like, well, I'll do it in four days. How about it? No, it was eight I- days. Yeah, whatever. Well, again, to support my... It, it makes me sound more correct if you uh if I exaggerate. If you so exaggerate, I, I, of course. I, my I apologies. I was going to utilize the hyperbole there, but that's fine. If only you were editing this week. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's a similar kind of thing. Where, like, for years and years, I was like, Rebels, you got so much time. And then you're like, what if I waited and then watched it all in one week? Is that is that cool? And the same thing. Well, you know, it's only only back in 2019. I was like, you probably enjoyed this game. And now you're like, yeah, now that the other one's already been out for months, what if I just played this one in a week just for the fuck of it? Just, just to have it. I could have done this at any other point, but no. I had done it years ago. But, you know. Here it is. It's more fun this way. It's more, it, I had more fun. Sure. Couldn't Anyways, we're we're beating around the bush to not actually just talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Can I talk about the game? I've been dying to, to talk about the game, Zach. Uh, it's good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's a action adventure platformer kind of thing, third person. Um, kind of got some Dark Souls in it. It's a Souls like, you know, with parrying, invincibility frames, dodging mechanics, um, enemies respawning uh, at rest points, kind of uh, health healing items that. A set amount of healing items are replenished every time you rest. Um, magic force abilities. Yeah. Uh, you only get you only get a lightsaber, but what else do you need? Uh, so the gameplay is good. Yeah, it's like it's a little like janky. Said, it's, it's also like an action adventure RPG. I think. Mm. Or, I don't know if it's quite an RPG, but an action adventure. Yeah, that's right for sure. It um. So what kind of to me? It's like a very much a combination, right? Of of your Souls like Elden Ring type scenarios, and then also like 
I think to me this series has very strong like um, Uncharted Tomb Raider kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I think Tomb Raider actually. Well, though Uncharted's kind of just Tomb Raider, but the the like exploring ancient uh, temples and stuff. Yeah, and, and temples. Uh, but yeah, the gameplay I think I totally agree with. And again, that's what I first suggested for us because I knew you were into Dark Souls and the likes. So I was like, you should play this game, Jack. It's it's kind of like that. Um, do you have any personal like? Do you? I know people feel very strongly about. The term souls like some people get defensive. No, I don't care. And it being like overused and like, well, this isn't a true souls like, this isn't a real soul, or this one is. Um, no, I couldn't give less of a damn. I kind of figured. Yeah, figured I'd ask. Oh yeah, it's for the good of the good content. Uh, but yeah, so there's it's it's also like an open world type scenario, right? It's one of yeah. the really it might be the first modern um Star Wars games with an open world, really. Yeah. Which to say one of the first Star Wars games with open world because that's a concept that has become popular in an era where there's not very many Star Wars games being made. Not at all. But So that, that component's fun, right? There's exploring. Oh, that's the other... Th- uh, sorry. The last sort of influence is what they call... Um, Metroidvania. Metroidvania, I was yeah. wondering to get to that, yeah. Just a lot of pathways, connecting pathways, shortcuts, traversal. But I think the, the feature that I understand, at least, that one of the defining ideas is that the there are areas in the map that you're in that are... Uh, locked to you basically until you progress to a certain point and unlock a new ability in which case you go back to an area you've technically already been to right yeah but you can now go to a new part of it yeah that's what i as far as i understand as well so now it's just like there's a new map or it's it's always progressing in a directly kind of linear way but it's like oh now you double back to an area you've been to but you can do a new thing there yeah you get a new item or whatever uh but yeah overall i i think the gameplay's stellar like it's it really is a generally fun game um, and then it's backed up by like a really good story. Oh yeah, like some of the fi- I I honestly am one of those people who would agree with these games represent some of the storytelling in Star Wars and oh yeah, and living memory almost living memory you could yeah. So our uh, our he- our story is our hero Cal Kestis is another Jedi who survived Order sixty six. Oh my god, can you even believe such? God, I can't believe it. What do we have to twelve now? Get some new ideas, people. God. I'm meant to believe that more than four Jedi survived the whole thing. I can't believe this. We're going to, as a scrapper on Bracca, right? Breaks down huge Venators. Yeah. We're uh, Republican separatist warships. Clone Wars. War. And then the Inquisitors show up and they're like, somebody here's got the Force, I think. <laughs> and then it's, oh my gosh, it's Cal. It's him. It's him. It's our hero. It's our good hero, Cal. So he escapes and goes off. And travels to... Well, he's rescued by the Se- crew of the Stinger Mantis. Yeah. Which is Seer and Grease and BD-1. No, they get BD-1 later. So Seer is a uh, former Jedi Master. Another one survived? Well, who has since kind of written that off. And Grease is just a little dude. It's a goofy little forearm man. And makes ski steaks or whatever the fuck. And basically, um, Seer recruits Cal into her mission here, which is to uh, basically follow this, this pathway... That her master, Ino Cordova, left uh, behind um, to kind of fall in his pilgrimage and learn this stuff about this uh, ancient, uh, mysterious race called the Zepho. And in doing so, he will allow the individual access to this holocron that he has gathered, um, I guess, in his travels, right? Mm, yeah. About the uh, about the, the identities of many Force-sensitive children. Now, is this list updating? I don't know. Um, it's one of those things that, like, it's a bit confusing, and we'll talk about this in terms of this guy in particular, I guess, in the in the second game. But yeah, I'm not really sure about all that. I the timelines involved are a little sketchy to me as well because it's like 
yeah, is it updating or surely some of the children that he's put on the list? I mean, depending because it seems, especially in the first game, it feels like more time has passed than I guess I would have thought. Yeah. Um. In which case, like these aren't really four sons of children anymore. There's right? four sons of adults or teenagers yeah. at least. I, I mean, the second game. I guess I'll just say it if you've not played it already. What's <laughs> but the uh the second game seems to suggest that he has been gone since before the fall of the republic. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. Which means that by the time of the game, the list is already five years old. Which I guess means they're all if if his list contained mostly like infants, infants. then yeah, they're still quite young children, but. Whatever. It's one yeah. you're not really on. Yeah, I mean, the game probably wants you to see them as all as children because in that vision Hal has where he trains, where he becomes a, when he's their master, where he like succeeds and gets the holocron and opens it and finds all these children and he tries to restore the order. They're all just, he gets a handful, a smattering of small children who agree to go along with him. Um, it's probably like they all die. I love that stuff. Um, that was a cool <sighs> scene. I like that. I feel like one of the things that this, these games are great at is like I feel like the, in, in storytelling this is right that the writers seem to have a really good idea of how to use Star Wars kind of you know uh, specific ideas and concepts and stuff for interesting really interesting storytelling uh, operas right yeah to be like hey like you know we're gonna do our, our version of the dark side kid and have use it as a uh, tool basically for like Cal to have this personal inner growth right and yeah we're gonna use this holocron um or is it, when, when, when does he have that vision? When it's when he goes, right before he gets the holocron. Yeah. Um, he goes to like... About a potential future of it and, and stuff like this. Um, Cal in particular has a ability called psychometry, which is to understand and know the history of an object by touching it. Hmm. It's a thing that Quinlan Voss has, and I maintain uh, at least a theory that Ray has it too. Right. Um, but that's also used to interest again throughout the story. And I just like that kind of stuff, right? Like we're in, you know... Ultimately, gameplay-wise, I guess they can come across a little simplistic, right? Like, it's just like I'm walking through. But even then, I, even the, um, yeah, that one where he sees the vision of, like, the potential future with future him. Future with young guys and stuff. It's like you're doing some platforming. Yeah, you're really jumping around. But, um, yeah, stuff like that. Like, again, using using these Star Warsy things to, to good use, right? Mm-hmm. To have, like, these um, scenes that are both, like, fantastical and sci-fi-ish, but also are moving our characters interesting you know, direction yeah impactful and there's lots of those uh throughout the game i think like these these moments where the gameplay s- either slows down or stops to an extent whether it's a full-on cutscene or anything. there's just really it, really interesting uh scenes and stuff like that right mm. uh whether it's like the flashbacks to order 66 right um culminating with like the full kind of picture of that and how cal survived or again that that one or Again, when uh, he like touches uh, Trillo's lightsaber and he's a whole vision through that. Caesar being tortured and her trying to save the younglings. Yeah. Trilla being Seer's old uh, apprentice, Padawan, yeah. who was with her during the Purge. And they try to save they save some younglings and do that thing that some Jedi try. We see, I mean, a dozen times throughout. They try to save the younglings, but they can't escape the Inquisitors in the Empire. And they all die. Uh, they, capture, uh, they capture Seer first. They torture the shit out of her. And she gives up Trilla. Uh, Trilla, they get her, kill all the younglings and torture her and turn her into an Inquisitor. And then Seer escapes by using the dark side. And that's she cuts herself off from the force and is like, I don't want to touch it. I use the dark side. That's a big no-no. We can't. I don't want to fuck with that. Big part of the game is also that Cal has cut himself off from the force. Um, sort of intentionally, sort of seemingly as the result of like... The trauma. trauma right? Uh, and I think it's one of the stories, you know, th- there's hints of this throughout other stuff, but I feel like it really tackles head on the idea of like 
this was a child who went through Order 66. This has left, like, what is pretty... I guess it's, it's obviously never said, because it's Star Wars, right? They don't have this kind of nomenclature. But it's pretty obviously PTSD. Yeah. Right? And the fact that that has had, like, um, direct effects on his, like, spiritual kind of metaphysical self, right? And his ability to unlock the Force. And so as you go along, you uh, unlock different Force powers of his. And it's how the game, you know, establishes a power scaling system. Yeah. His spiritual kind of journey, emotion, his spiritual emotional journey, is directly tied to his physical ability, which is how I think Star Wars really ought to be the time. Yeah, Maybe his uh, his connection with the Force is that um, he kind of has a vision back to when he was a youngling before sixty six, when he's with his uh, almost immediately before, based on within a year or so before, based on yeah, yeah, he's a time. tiny one. He's, yeah, he's one like I mean, I think Cal's supposed to be seventeen or so in the first game, which twelve or so. Yeah. In, I think he seemed the little model they have for Baby Cow. Cause, and it's another one like with Ahsoka from uh, Ahsoka show there where I think that really conveys it in a full way. To me. You're like, yeah, this was a literal child who was being asked to, to be a leader of a you know, battlefield kind of crazy. Yeah, being like kind of pushed through this kind of harsh training. Not in, like around other younglings <laughs> so he could like grow together. He's just by himself with his one master and a bunch of clones. And he's above them on all. On a warship. Yeah, on a warship hovering above a planet they're doing war on. Uh and then all those all those um, things culminate like you get a couple flash couple flashbacks to get these force abilities in actual order sixty six and they really build it up well because you're with Cal and then you walk past a bunch of clones and you can talk to them all and they're all like hey Cal we're your best friends nothing bad is ever going to happen and we're going to be friends forever we're leaving did you hear we're all going to have fun on Coruscant maybe or get reassigned and go have fun on another planet and then as soon as you get back to your master that thing's on backwards I'm telling you right now for free. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> he goes, oh, oh my god! I think Darth Maul revealed the whole plot of Star Wars to Sokotano and Mandalore. What the fuck? And then Jar Jar Paul just kills all every clone he can find. Which he does a good job of it. Yeah, he really gets him good. Got still blade lightsaber, and he's like, Cal, run away! Something bad is something horrible has happened. We need to get out of here." One of the only things I'm not crystal clear on in terms of Jedi Fallen Order story is whether or not Jar Paul was a good master who cared about him. Cal's, yeah. Well, I, th- I have no doubt that he cared about him. What I'm getting at is, I it's unclear to me. Maybe I missed something. It's been a while since I've played it, but whether or not Jar Paul was a good master with good teachings, who uh, Cal just had this undeserved guilt about kind of thing yeah and that kind of colored his interpretation of some of it and kind of the way he interacted with Jarl Paul's teaching or if Jarl Paul did kind of have some of the wrong ideas about stuff and maybe wasn't an ideal Jedi that's what I I kind of got the vibe that he was kind of a dick yeah he's a bit yeah he's a bit a gruff bit, uh, a bit yeah that that's how I saw it like I or maybe he was like kind of a tough love kind of thing right maybe at, at best is what I got from it. Maybe too tough, and and yeah, there is sides of him where it's like, is he too aggressive? Like, I, you know, ultimately, I know that like the visions that Cal sees of right? on Dathomir, uh, Dathomir, Ilum. I think he sees you see Dathomir Ilum finally defeats. No, he defeats him on Dathomir. You go back. You break out his hair on Dathomir. You go to Ilum, and then you go back to Dathomir to beat him. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> um, yeah, whether or not that, like, I know that those visions are a manifestation of Cal's insecurities about insecurity and, and his trauma and stuff about it. Um. But I guess my question is how similar or dissimilar is that to... Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things where even a Jedi shouldn't... And he doesn't revel in it, but, like, yeah, he's killing those guys pretty quick. 
And he does seem pretty hard on Cal and is seemed to be, I don't know, at the very least, okay with the idea of, like, yeah, I need to make this child into a, a soldier. Mm. And, uh, yeah, again, whether he meant well or not, I think that perhaps even uh, Order 66 trauma and stuff aside, that perhaps he imparted some slightly wrong lesson Cal. on Cal. Because, again, it's kind of representative of this idea that the entire you know, prequel Jedi Order were, like, evil. And but worse than the Sith. No, but uh, corrupted and <clears throat> misguided, misguided and misled by hubris and war. The powers that be. But he's an interesting character. Yeah, yeah. I liked him. Serious, interesting as we're kind of battle in her dark and as it unravels. I think the Zepho as because again that's kind of like it's simultaneously the the through line of the whole series or the whole game, right? The whole story, but also it's it's background, right? Yeah, it's, it's supplementary. Cal is very much focused on the events of the present day, um, and he's doing those while following. Cordova's rambling about some ancient people who died out. Exactly. It's exactly a species who has been absent in the galaxy for thousands of years. So it's kind of interesting because, like, yeah, you get that is, but it's almost, even though that's his main goal is to go from these different sites to sites to learn up the Zepho, that's also kind of the B plot of the game. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We see a big Zepho at one point. Who's talking? Who's like some monkey? Who's like, I, I think we're all gonna die. We gotta get out of here. That's interesting. We go to Kashyyyk. That's fun. We go to a bunch of different planets. Basically, the idea seems that like Zeph, the Zepho um, live kind of colonize many different planets in the yeah. galaxy before there's, um, including Dathomir, who like the guy who lived there was, um, and he's referenced in Ahsoka. Oh, really? Uh, we didn't talk about it, but there's like Zepho writing in the temple mm-hmm. in Ahsoka. You'd see it I'm referencing that guy in Purim Dathom. Makes sense. Perita has connections to Dathom like that. Um, but yeah, and then the idea that they live throughout the galaxy and, and they had kind of their own unique ideas about the Force and, and how that all worked. And uh, ultimately, they, they left, disappeared from the galaxy. They bounced. Rode those Purgil all the way out to the... Out of like shame? that like They fucked up bad. Yeah. They uh, kind of got too power-hungry explosion. So then after they kind of rebalanced themselves a bit, they went into self-imposed exile. But yeah, that, I think that stuff's interesting. I think they're like an interesting new concept in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We always talk about they should have more, more, more stuff going stuff. on. And even though this is like within the context of the, the you know, the Empire era and stuff that's pretty well, you know, the Zepho could pop up. Anywhere. Yeah. So High Republic, fine. Old Republic, anything like that. Um, we go to Dathomir quite a bit. We meet a character called Marin, who's the last witch of Dathomir. She's the only one who has seemingly survived. I guess Morgan Elsbeth. That's true, but she's, she's dead now. Nine, so I'm just, uh, just, so she, she's hanging out on Dathomir, and Cal's like, the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. She's <gasps> like, I hate Jedi. They suck. They're terrible. I hate them all. She's like, why do you hate Jedi? What do they do to you? They're kind of cool. I'm a Jedi, and I think they're sick. What's we have, we have conflicting ideas here. What's going on? And then he meets a hooded man, an old, another old Jedi master, who survived? What's his face? I don't remember his name. Taran Taran Malakos. Taran Malakos, uh, who's like, it's sick here, bro. I I'm basically, he seems like he's just a random rambling man, and then he's revealed to himself to be a Jedi. He's like, Cal, you should live here in Dathomir with me, and I'll teach you all this weird force stuff I know. And Cal's like, I don't know if I'm down with that, fella. It seems like you do the dark side. He goes, what? Me? On the the evil planet being evil? That'd be well, sure. Well, I'm gonna kill you now. And then he has two red lightsabers, and in the most fucking infuriating boss fight. Up to that point, because uh, they do three in a row. They do the bat, which I hate, and they do him, which I also don't like, and they do the second sister, which I also don't like. Yeah, the uh, Terra Malakos widely agreed are the hardest fight in that game. I don't know. But it's annoying. It is hard, yeah, it's annoying. I was furious. <laughs> I was texting Zach. I was like, this guy's pissing me off. Scrubs, getting so fucking mad. Which I appreciate, just perspective that it is very common to Jack's room. Yeah, he's getting angry. And I never do that. I never get angry at things. Um, But yeah, it all culminates with like, 
Cal succeeds, gets the holocron, access to the holocron like he wants, and Pyrus stops him. Yeah, gets it from, so. gets it from the second sister, who is obviously Sears' apprentice. So they go to the Fortress Inquisitorium, and they entirely created game. Like they they've paved a little, quite a bit of the ways in this game. Created Purge Trooper, the Fortress Notorious, the planet, what that all would look like, which is since in Obi Wan in a very similar fashion. Uh, but yeah, that's all very cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, we go there and we get the holocron and we fight the second sister for it. Another annoying boss fight, which is just ugh. And then we get him and go, all right, that's done. We got the holocron. What what else could happen? And who appears but the guy himself? And uh, sp- she is, and it seems at least briefly like uh, she's gonna turn back. Yeah, Trilla could could be brought back. To, um, Darth Vader some time to kill, kill her. her for failure. And it's a uh, you don't even get to fight him. There's no like health bar at that point. It's very much like he's a for as as he is portrayed usually in these kind of situations, uh, a force of nature, not something to be fought, but something to be to escape from. Yeah, which few do. Um, and then, super cool, super cool way for this game to handle that. I think oh, that was something one of like the things that people talked about a lot. What a cool way to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Darth Vader is like the biggest badass in the galaxy. Hard to deal with, dude. For especially little old Cal, who just right. barely got his Ooh. mojo back. <clears throat> as as you know, some of the impressive stuff he is, should do in that. He is ultimate. He's an he's training. He's Jedi Padawan, like barely begun it. Mm-hmm. So uh, he still got limitations. He's never fought really any other lightsaber users. Now, does that fly in, like, is that super consistent of, like, he does kill Tower Master? A Jedi Master. Jedi Master. And then the second sister who also has been training. Yeah, who cares? We can kind of write off as he's crazy and he can't really yeah. fight as well. So then, yeah, definitely with... So, and the ninth sister. The ninth sister. It's just a thing I've talked about. Yeah, the Inquisitors are also half-trained Padawan. Yeah, and it gives a good thing to show, like, Inquisitors are strong, but they're not a Sith. Yeah. Like, Darth Vader is a Sith Lord, and they're scary. Like, they have actual power, mm-hmm. um, and not even... I mean, most Jedi can't stand up to them. Uh, so, yeah. One thing I will say against this game is that sometimes it gets a little janky. Sometimes Cal will jump, and he'll kind of sure, yeah. chill around, which I didn't love, but not too much to complain about, really. Sometimes I get stuck in walls, and I glitch through things, but that's just how games are sometimes. One of the things I love about these, <clears throat> and it only gets better with Survivor, but it's that this, I feel like because in, in it's like the, uh, the evolution you know, of it in being a modern triple a game like i just a lot behind this i feel like one of the things that does really good that the, the force powers work in a very satisfying in the sense that a lot of them work in ways like you would expect them to, right mm-hmm. like you can use them in ways that feel natural right because every and all video games that have ever existed have limitations right yeah can't do exactly everything you think you should because of course you're right i remember when um cyberpunk was coming out people thought that it was going to have such a high level fidelity going to be able to like accurately adjust the throttle on your motorcycle it was like well, these people are insane right yeah like it's for all the all the problems that that game had it undeniably had people who were expecting Everything. way too much out of it right yeah um so that like i said that you know all games have those kind of limitations you have to right whether they're depending on what it is like a harder or softer limit possible and obviously this game has that all right but I do think that um, it does a pretty good job of, of making the force, again, feel satisfying and do things that you would expect, right? Mm-hmm. Like when someone shoots a rocket at you, it's moving slowly enough that you can push it with the force or stop it with the force or pull it with me. Yeah. Same with grenades and, and just little things like that. Like if I run up to a guy on a ledge and I force push him, he falls off the edge and dies. Like, yeah. You know, older Star Wars games for all their uh, strengths, like I really like Jedi, Knight Jedi Academy. Of course. But yeah, the force powers are a little more janky in that. They come across as like, 
sometimes you'll like push you go up to a guy on a ledge and you'll like force push him just do this thing where he kind of like falls straight down onto mm-hmm. like his back but somehow doesn't like move backwards it's just yeah. weird little stuff like you can't it hits the wall back. of the ledge yeah just weird little stuff like that can happen sometimes but these games built to like modern standard the modern tens and nine you can do stuff like that even just like vines force pulls a vine it's just little thing you can increase your momentum by going back and forth yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So I'm, I'm hard to differentiate. And yeah, I was thinking. I, was, I thought that I think the force push and the rocket is the only thing that really happens only in the first game. In the second game, you can do stuff like if a guy comes shield and force pull the shield out of his hands and throw it at throw him. Throw it at him because of course. You or can. the or if they die, you can use it even sure, then. Yeah. So yeah, I I really like stuff. I feel like I've said this. I said it before. I said it uh, when we talked about Jedi Survivor came out. Yeah. Go back and find that. I feel like this game does do a good job of like the Jedi power thing, right? Of like giving you the Jedi powers. Yeah, and giving you all the ways, like give you a bunch of ways you to use them. Mm -hmm. Give you a lot of freedom in your platforming and fighting and all that to be like, here's all the powers you could, we could think of, you probably thought of, and here's all the way, you can use it pretty much any way you can think of. At times, even. Yeah, first grade Jedi. Cal Kestis? Oh, yeah. Throw them at other people, blow them up. Yeah, you could people add other stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of nice abilities. Um, which you nice overhead swing, which I spammed constantly. That was my main move because it breaks your shield. Uh, you get a lot, and every time you heal your connection to the force, not only do you get like a new ability, like a pull or a push or a more freeze or a dash or whatever, a double jump. Uh, you get more skill tree abilities as well, which I which helps with that. You know, you get more abilities in the game, and you can get more abilities with the skill points. Uh, so I like that. I like the one ability, the power of friendship, where you get every time you get a stim, you get more uh, force. One thing about the stims is that they make those bitches hard to find. They make them much easier to find in Survivor. I gotta say. I don't know if I completely agree with you. Cause maybe I'm just bad at finding. Cause I feel like I did a fair amount. Cause I usually explore this stuff, and I did make I did make an effort. Like, okay, you can explore. And I explored at least as much as I could think of, and. I got to the end of the game, and I had three stim canisters. And for reference, for people who don't play the game, you start with two. So I only found one. And I think the, I think you get all the way up to a total of 11? And then you get 11. So I had... So there was nine to find. You found on one. one. And so I got to the end of the game, and I was like, man, this this boss fight's tough, man. I'm on like a, I'm not even on that hard of difficulty. And I was like... I've, and then I had the thought, I'm like, man, if only I had more stim, surely I, I could totally get this way easier. Then I went... I probably need more stim. And I looked it up. They're like, you can get 11. I was like, well, I'm at the end. I, well, I've been this stubborn so far. Why not just see this through the end? I'm not going to tell you. I found all of them <clears throat> by myself through the course of, because I didn't. Not. But no. I found many of them, maybe most of them. Bam. All but one or two. I, I was like going back to f- to get 100%, get all the achievements kind of thing. I was like, well, you got to find every single one. I got my last few. Nuts. Well, that's how she goes. Anything that makes me a better gamer, I'm going to say. Because I beat it with less. Even though I probably put it on a lower difficulty than you. So, that's... I play it on the right. So, yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'll pretend in my heart that I did it better. Just so I can uh, be stubborn. But, yeah. I'd say as good as the game is, I think they only get better. And we'll talk about that next week. Overall, are you, you glad for the experience? I'd say I am. Do you uh, got had the gameplay you desired? Did uh, I give up or uh, live up to the expectations that I set forth? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. And then did you did you? I I went on a, bu- a bunch, but did you like find the story? I found it compelling. Yeah, I was, I, I felt there was a bit. Well, we do a lot of Star Wars stuff, so I, I will say it's like all the Jedi do the same Jedi stuff. To be You're fair, not wrong. Yeah. So I was like, on some level, he's gonna he can't do it, but then he the, he's like, well, in the Force, I can do all things, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I I think his particular 
journey is interesting. Like I said, I mean, he's, yes, he's far from the first, like, Order 66 survivor, but I think this is one of the ones that, like, again, I, I really do feel that it's one of the first stories I can remember that deals with that head-on as, like, part of the mm-hmm. story itself, which, like, they all kind of have that, right? Every Jedi who survives Order 66 has that kind of built-in trauma to them, but, like, this is specifically, like, Cal needs to, like, basically do little self-therapy sessions <laughs> to fix his connection to the Force and to, and to make himself stronger. Yeah. And I, I do... I do think that's unique. And I think the other thing is, like, some of the stories, right, that we've talked about that have come out since this game have retread some of this ground, and that's yeah. why... It feels so similar to me. Whereas if you had... Played it when it came out. Yeah, when it came out, some of those. Yeah. But uh, I heard they're making a third. Yeah. Can yeah. for the third? Round out the trilogy. Yeah, I mean, that seemed kind of like a given. Some more or less. I, I, even then, I think not yet. I think... I, don't think any doubt. I mean, they're both really successful games. Oh yeah, and, uh, and second, second one, one only, yeah, only more so. Kind of thought it was a shoe, and in the, in, yeah, I was more or less impressed by turnaround on that one. Yeah, it was like four years. It's not too bad for a video game. Not- and for a amount of stuff to do in the next game, and the amount of yeah, I mean, exactly. truly, we'll talk about this next week more. But a step up in and everything, graphical story, like cutscenes, yeah, and I set said pieces, it, again, I all said that. It when we, that first, week, but yeah. Almost anything you could, and it's it's such a. It feels like it feels like the way that it, any and all sequels should basically, which is you keep all stuff that worked, all the stuff that worked, and then you just add on to it because it, it feels like a surefire way to say like to to cut down on your own work, right? Yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel every time. Just take the game that people enjoyed, add to it, and then yeah, you can spend a bunch of time like making new area enemies, making, and stuff to yeah, to populate new it. abilities. But yeah. Overall, it's like the core is there, and there's nothing that really needs to be. Changed. redone right oh no absolutely not again it feels like it feels like the cheat code man you know how you make a sequel that's good and fast has lots of content you keep almost everything you need from the first one and then add a little bit more content and you just add then you can spend all that time keeping on to the top of mm. the framework you've already i mean maybe more sequels but i don't know something about this one. like yeah it feels more evident it feels very evident yeah. so get to that oh yeah so uh well with that we'll probably i could take it in the end here i think, uh, we've, I think we did i think we've managed right at the end uh so as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. So always, you can find us wherever your podcasts are found. Uh, you can find us on social media on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. That's Akatech J-A-Z. On Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com. And on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Our intro was done by a friend of the show, Joey B. I think he's Joey B Music on Instagram or Joey B. He changes his fucking profile too much, I gotta be honest, uh, for me to keep track sometimes. But he, does, he did our intro and he does a little bunch of the music stuff. And we're big fans of him. Live so, sometimes. Sometimes he's live. You can find him. We find him random. We're friends of his. Just found him randomly out one night. It's true. It's true. That, that, that's friend of the show, Colin, was with us. And he said, you know, Joey's here. And we said, truly, Why? you're kidding, Colin. You're under the influence. You've been smoking all kinds of darts and taking all kinds of drinks. <laughs> of course, drunk cigs don't count. We all know, know this. I wouldn't. And I'd never hold them against him because I can't count them. I can't count them. If I, But I want to. He um he's got some other kind of live engagement on his on his Instagram. He helped doing he's helped done an album or two at this point, not for himself for other groups. I think he, I believe he perf- made some music on one, and then he helped like in the studio produce another. Um, if I knew the name of those groups, I would tell yeah, you he's right now. A real now. renaissance man, this guy. What is that? Real renaissance man, he is. He's many yeah. talents. Man about town, Minecraft, Kingdom Hearts, Zelda, music. What more could you want? You couldn't. You couldn't. And we'd never ask it to him. But anyway, moving on. We almost rambled all ourselves out of there for a second, but we're back on track. Our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. He does not perform live, unfortunately. Not a lot of live drawing and open mics. 
we need to start doing that. Maybe I could convince him to really make him embarrass himself in front of a group of people. <laughs> and as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night, and Godspeed.